I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. Not a game. Slap that like she scored 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here. Dude, you know, I just don't understand it with a lot of these, like, rich athletes, owners, just rich people in general who get caught up in some of this, this weird stuff, you know, like, massage parlors like i i can understand or not necessarily understand um but you know infidelity happens like you know you always hear about guys getting caught on instagram um you know with their their ig model uh side chick or something like that and getting busted yeah getting busted in the dms and stuff like that but you know this is like almost on some if if it's true some tiger Woods stuff almost and I'm talking about Deshaun Watson, your boy. <clears throat> Do you want your boy? You, you have a jersey, Deshaun Watson. You've been rooting for him since he came to the Several. Texans. I got a couple, and, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy's a stud. You know, at first the news breaks, you're like, hmm, the timing on this is weird. Maybe it's somebody trying to dirty his name. You know, he's trying to buck the system. He's trying to get out of Houston. He's trying to force his way out. How convenient is this news to drop, right? Drop his trade value and make him realize that he needs to stay in Houston and stuff like that. But now you have like about 19 people coming out and saying that he's had some pretty 21. questionable actions. 21 people, excuse me, saying that he has had some pretty questionable actions inside of uh, massage parlors. I just I don't get it with Deshaun Watson personally just because he's 26, 27 years old. Um, not trying to be misogynistic or anything like that, but Deshaun Watson can probably have, you know, his. I mean, his pick, bro, right? just, just look guy. at his Instagram and look at his girl. I mean, like, shit. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's just horny as fuck. I guess. Um, but his girl's a dime, bro. His girl's a dime. And now we're talking about twenty-one women that are talking about that he was asking them to put his fingers, their fingers where the sun don't shine and shit. I, I mean, it's it's not Robert Kraft at the massage parlor, is it? It's kind of different. It's different. It might be worse than Robert Kraft at the massage parlor. Because you got a guy in the prime of his career and you have 21 different people who are all kind of corroborating the same story, um, saying that this guy was acting questionable. One girl came out and said that he started thrusting into the air hmm. like he was he was laying down naked and all of a sudden just started hip thrusting out of nowhere and that he actually texted her a couple of weeks later and had no recollection of the event supposedly right so, and then like she sent him the video or some shit yeah she sent him uh receipts pretty much of a previous text message conversation between the two and that's when um, Deshaun Watson was like, oh, shit, maybe I did see this girl before. So that either tells you that he really does see a lot of masseuses and he doesn't know who's who, um, or he's just a weirdo kind of and just got kind of got caught in the act. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. he's on something. He gets no, on I something. No, I mean, you're, you don't just get caught in the act 21 times. Like, 
and, and just to go back, I never really, I never thought, I was never under the impression that it was the team doing this to him. I, I never, I mean, I know that there was the connection between the lawyer that's representing all of the women. Busby. Yeah. Busby and, and the owner. Uh, but I don't know if they're friends or they live in the same neighborhood, their neighbors, something along those lines. But th most people thought that they were using it kind of as leverage to, you know, devalue his trade stock or maybe not make him tradable, you know, because of all of those question marks. So it, it people were either on one side of they're setting him up or no, you know, it's he's he did it. So yeah. at this point, with 21 women, I don't think that the team is setting him up. Was the team maybe helping him keep it quiet while they were on good terms? Now, that's a separate question. You know, I think if he was happy there and he wanted to be there, I don't think that the team would <clears throat> the team would do some damage control. It doesn't seem like there's very much damage control being done, especially if the owner and the dude are friends. You know, maybe mm -hmm. there would be some damage control. Now, would the owner put the dude up to it? I don't know about all of that. Um, but I definitely do think, I, I mean, does this come out if Deshaun isn't in the news for wanting to be traded from Houston? Does Probably it not. Because the team keeps it under the rug or because? I think because the team keeps it under the rug. I mean, we, we – we know how powerful these teams are in these cities, you know, and especially when it comes to your star player, you know, you, you have hundreds of millions of dollars locked up in this guy and you're going to do everything that you can to keep him on the field, even though that means brushing some stuff under the rug. But the moment that he's acting out of line and saying, Hey, I don't know if I want to be in Houston anymore. The floodgates are open. He doesn't have his protection. He doesn't have the, the team looking after him. I'm sure the team has people who are former FBI agents, people who oh, know shit. dirt about I, – I mean, I'm just getting ideas from like uh, – what's that that movie? House of Cards. You, you know, you got people doing uh, background checks on people with information that you never thought was out there. They have people that, that know all this stuff for sure. I mean, you always heard about that that infamous Walmart video of Des Bryant acting up in the parking lot that supposedly never got out because Jerry Jones didn't let it get out. You know, the, these teams have that kind of power in, in these so cities. Roman, if the team would have kept it under the rug, does that mean that the team is the one that sparked all of this? It, do they, I mean, do they go sense. hand in hand or does, does it make sense for the team to be able to keep it under the rug if they're on good terms? But since they're not for it to come out, does that insinuate that the team is the one that is behind it? I mean, it leads one to believe that the team may or may not have known something about it. I, I definitely think that um, enters the realm of questioning. I, I do think that makes it a possibility for sure. I don't I don't think, you know, it, it protects Deshaun Watson from anything. Um, as far as, hey, the team was enabling him and stuff like that. Now, Deshaun Watson still went out and did what he did. But it does go to show you that the moment that you're, you know, you're acting out of line or you're saying that you want to get out, that the team's not going to look after you anymore. You know, it's a business. It's a business. Yeah, to your point, though, do I think that they were out there getting the riling these girls up together and stuff? I don't think they were doing that. I don't but think I so think, either. I think it's one of those things where this is probably if you're in the know 
you're around the organization or you, you're somebody in that city, I'm pretty sure you've heard rumblings of Deshaun Watson right. being a, a little freako. Kind of like Harden at the strip club. And yeah, yeah. The masseuse parlor. It's like, yeah, so you know stuff like that. You know there's rumblings that he's into stuff like that, but it never gets out because there's Roland. somebody protecting the floodgate. Roland, so 21 cases, or I mean, I don't, and here's the other thing, like the women aren't filing criminal charges. It seems like they're just after some sort of bag. It's all civil. Right. So the other thing, 21 girls, you know, going after the bag, and then Deshaun's lawyer finds 18 masseuses that can vouch that he wasn't a weirdo. When That's they wild. That's a weird angle oh, to so take. So we're talking about 39 masseuses, Roland. 39. I mean, that's kind of that that kind of just paints the picture to me. He's right? a wild boy. He's, He's a, wild a wild boy. boy. Like oh, fam, it really takes you 39 different masseuses to find the one. And and it's just like from from his thing and what was giving him the saving grace in the very beginning was his reputation. All you've ever heard right. about Deshaun Watson is mama's boy. Right. Deshaun Watson and Mama's Boy is like a synonymous thing in the dictionary when it comes to sports dictionary. That's all that you've ever heard about the guy. He's never done anything wrong. And maybe that's true. Maybe he just likes to get massages and these girls are out for the bag. Who knows? But it looks bad. It and looks bad. And I, well, I don't so know if that puts him on the exempt list. He might end up on the exempt list. For the, what's the I, end, what, what, what do you see as the end game here? I don't know. To your point, there hasn't been anything criminal. I think that's the next step, though. I think the lawyer is trying to get the city to pick up a case against Deshaun Watson or, or the you state do? to pick up a case against Deshaun Watson. I think that's where they're going because, to your point, when they keep it all civil, then you can always make the argument these all these girls are out for the bag. But you got to take I mean, it a step seen, further. We've seen many athletes' encounters with women that have gone wrong. Uh, you know, on the women's part of the story. And we've seen them all settled before, you know, criminal charges get get put on. So I don't see it out of the realm of it being settled, you know, outside of court before it even gets to court, just kind of yeah. paying them off. But that does make you look guilty as well. So, you know, you're... And that's one hurdle that he'd have to clear, you know, just that whole legal aspect. You still have, as we know, the NFL, they operate over a different set of rules. You know, I'm not shooting anybody bail. Yes, he's my guy, what I'm about to bring up. But Zeke Elliott was never proven guilty of anything. And he still ended up being suspended and out. Sure. You know, you have all of this stuff against Deshaun Watson. He's going to end up on some exempt list. I don't expect him to be on the on the field week one with so, the way things are going right now. Is, is he still tradable? Yeah, he is because he's going to be on the field again. I mean, this is going to happen. He's going to find his way unless this thing takes a crazy turn and it goes, and I'm not trying to make light of anybody's situation, if it goes into the Bill Cosby realm, which, uh, you know, the leave it to the internet. There's already, I think, Damn it ended up in our group chat, uh, memes of him with that, you know, Bill Cosby stuff. So it could go that route. I don't think it's going to go that route. But I am going to go out and say I don't expect Deshaun Watson to be on the field week one. He's going to be on the exempt list. There's too much right now. It's too I crazy. haven't even thought of the exempt list. I was just thinking about, you know, what, what he's facing with the women right now. I wasn't, yeah. even thinking, I wasn't even thinking on the field yet. Yeah, but let's say he avoids all legal stuff, right, and there's no right. jail time. So, it's all so, civil. 
Right. So could he avoid maybe even the exempt list if it nah. comes out of the scotch clean? You don't think so? Nah. That that's still under like the the NFL's conduct uh, code of conduct policy. Like he's been acting like a wild boy. Like he, the yeah. NFL has their own set of rules that they're gonna look at him under. And I don't know. I don't know. Unless he comes to has a coming coming to God meeting with the Texans and was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I'll never leave your guys' side again." Never, never, never. You know, let's forget about yeah. all this. I don't know. We're talking about 21, bro. 21 is serial, serial. Like that's crazy. Serial killers are in the yep. t- like. I don't know. He's Deshaun's got to see a counselor, <laughs> dude. I mean, it's fam, just, get some help, fam. Your girl's fine as fuck. Get some help. That's crazy, man. And I mean, all the talk about him leading up into this has been about how good he is, how good of a person yeah. he is how he deserves to throw his weight around right and now all leverage gone if you're just talking about stayed out of the headlines sure. mm-hmm. yeah. and that's how, that's how we get things started here on the we talking about sports podcast we're getting right to the shits this week hey we don't run waste from any time it. we don't run from yeah it. we don't run from didn't it. wait we don't waste any time getting into it without further ado so we talking about sports podcast i believe it's episode 38 if i'm not mistaken i was out last week ben carried the team uh, with a couple of guests, thanks guests, everybody. Guests. Thanks for everybody that came on and helped us we out. Guys coming in off the bench, playing playing their roles, baby, mm-hmm. playing roles. for sure. But yeah, uh, Ben, how have you been, man? I've been good, bro. Um, end of the week for me. I ended up getting tomorrow off. I'm gonna Same hit here. the Valero Open. I'm gonna hit the Valero Open tomorrow. Watch some golf. Nice. You found tickets? Yeah, got hooked up. Got hooked up, so I'll be going for free. I was like, yeah, fuck it, um, let's do it. I. Played a little bit of golf, played nine holes after work today. Um, but this Friday, bro, I'm treating it like Friday. I mean, we got news early today. I've already gone out on the limb, baby. I already went there. And I know you said you would bet Myra that it doesn't happen. But mm-hmm. Texas Longhorns got Chris Beard, baby. The Longhorns got Chris Beard, pooched him away from the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, and he's coming back to his alma mater. And I didn't even know that he was an alumni of Texas, bro. Yeah, he is. He is. So it all makes sense. It's not betrayal. I mean, fam, nah, he went nah. home. He went home. But I'm, I was ecstatic about that. I said in the next five years, Texas will have a national championship. If Chris Beard had the team that Shaka Smart had this year, we, we might still be playing with all the teams that were getting bounced early. Texas was in that Alabama bracket. They would have been playing UCLA. Like they, they could have still been playing. So they should have played UCLA instead of uh, freaking Abilene Christian playing UCLA. Or yeah, the exactly. And so very excited about that. Very excited about that. But yeah, man, it's it's Friday. A lot of sports, full swing, full swing yeah. in sports. Can I can I hear you say Texas is back? Texas is back in hoops wow. for damn sure. I mean, the only thing that could have been better was all those rumors about Urban Meyer, you know, back in January, December. Like, if it would have actually happened, oh, my God. Urban Meyer running football and Chris Beard running basketball, Texas would be back. I would have come on the show with Bevo today. Yeah. Things looking up for Texas. Things looking up in Austin for the basketball team. Um, I thought things were looking up with the way they were playing this year. Um, I'm usually pretty skeptical, but – 
Um, they were playing a good round of basketball most of the year. I was a little surprised that they lost to ACU, but that's the way that the way it goes. And I don't even think Shaka got fired. He left, right? He just decided to go to Thank Marquette. God. Hey, man. But it was yeah. like a blessing because in comes Chris Beard. I mean, could it yeah. have gotten better? And then Roy Williams retires. I mean, I got Perfect to work. Timing. Roy Williams retires, bro. 900 mm -hmm. plus wins, 33 plus years of coaching, calls it a career at North Carolina. I know you all told me shit because I call Texas a blue chip program, but they get the top guys. That's what I was referring to. But North Carolina is blue chip. That's for damn sure. So that yeah, opening, definition. that head coaching opening, I know we're going to talk a little bit of college later, but man, like the very good head coaching openings in college basketball. I don't even think that Indiana has Indiana filled their, their head yeah, coach. Indiana, they hired uh, Mike Woodson, the former coach for the Knicks. Okay. He's a, he's an Indiana guy. He played there in the eighties. Um, scored over like two thousand points for them. So it's coming home for for Mike Woodson. Uh, that's that's the theme. Just, this. Yeah, he just got to learn the recruiting game because he's been an NBA guy his whole career. So uh, it's a different beast. But that's one thing that Chris Beard's good at. I mean, he was bringing well, some top notch recruits to Texas Tech. So will the recruits get better at Texas? I mean, they will, right? If Shaka if Shaka Smart was pulling. You know, well, first round draft picks, lottery. That, and I mean, you got to look at what Chris Beard was pulling at Texas Tech too. He was pulling some McDonald's All Americans over there. He was to doing go really to well. Yeah, he was doing really well in the Dallas area. So I expect nothing less um, now that he has all the recruiting grounds to play with and all the funds and all that good stuff that, that comes with being at Texas. And I mean, you're getting you're convincing kids to go to Austin versus going convincing them to go to Lubbock. It's That's just way like easier. what That's I said. Easy. It's like. You can't be too surprised. Yeah, you can be bitter if you're a Tech fan. I definitely would be bitter myself. But you can't be too surprised. The guy used to go to Tech. I mean, used to go to Texas. That's his alma mater, and it's Austin versus Lubbock. I mean, you give everybody that choice. Nine out of ten of them are choosing Austin, and I think the tenth person just likes to be out in the ranch or something. I'm, like ex that. I'm expecting them to like to. By, like, his second recruiting class, I mean, I want them to start rolling like the way Kansas was rolling in the Big 12 for, for that stretch of years, bro. I think Texas pulls the athletes. They've just been missing that head coach, and there's no doubt that Chris Beard is a top-five college coach. Yeah. You know, yeah. X, X's and O's on the court. I'm not talking about necessarily recruiting because there is coaches that pull, you know, those bigger players, guys like Jawan Howard, you know, who just got in and – Michigan's already having the number one recruiting class. But Hell, as far as X is an O and on the court, Chris Beard is, you know, he might be second to none, bro. He's up there. He's up there. So. Yeah, he's definitely up there. And, you know, I don't I don't think it's a given, though, that Texas catapults straight to the top of the Big 12 because the Big 12 is pretty good. I mean, Baylor's playing in the Final Four right now. Kansas had a down year. Oklahoma State's usually pretty competitive, but – I think they can catapult them and see what happens with Tech. But yeah, definitely a good signing. I'm a fan of Chris Beard. I like what he does. Oh, yeah. I thought they were. I thought they were going to beat Virginia in the championship a there, few years ago. This uh, is one of those signings where there's not people on on both sides of the fence. Everybody's on the side of the fence where yo, they finally got the right guy. They he's an upgrade. Got he's an upgrade yep. from Shaka. So I'll yep. say that much. Yeah, but over here on this side, things have been okay. Uh, I got my vaccine yesterday for my first yeah. shot of Moderna. So I'm on my way to being fully vaxxed. I'll be fully vaxxed by May. I, I go back at the end of the month next month. So nice. should be good. Uh, went to a few Spurs games this past week. Um, been good to – or felt good to be back in an NBA arena. I didn't get to go last year because 
you know, what happened, COVID shut it down halfway through the season. Uh, but yeah, it felt good to be back in the stadium. Got some cheap sheet, cheap seats. Me and my brother went. My Spurs jersey finally came in. I wore it the first game that I went to. We went to a game two nights later. I decided to wear my um, my Spurs like shooting shirt, you know, like the stuff that they wear when they warm up on the court. Right. I decided to wear that, but it was freaking Fiesta night. Jeez. So the, the whole, the, you didn't the get the memo. Court, yeah, I didn't get the memo. So the whole court <laughs> and everything they they had the court decorated with the Fiesta style. The players were wearing the Fiesta jerseys, and I didn't wear my Fiesta jersey that I waited four months for. But you're oh well. Who, did, who what player did you end up getting, bro? Yeah, I just got an, my name on the back, baby. It's, it oh, says okay. on the back. He'll never yeah. get traded, baby. He'll never, never get, get traded, traded. baby. Never get traded. I, I have dope. PTSD from Kawhi Leonard leaving. I mean, I bought his jersey opening night. I've said this story a couple times on the podcast already. And he got traded that year after playing nine games. So yeah. it's going to be – and, you know, I'm very tempted because I'm a big – I love DeJounte Murray. I think I might actually get his jersey. He's on a long-term deal. He should Seems be there like for more years. Stay, yeah, so I think I might get a jersey of his up next. But, yeah, man, things are good. NBA swinging. Uh, we got MLB back today. I know I already bet on a opening game or two. Day. You did. Uh, opening, opening day. day. Uh, Our boys play right now at nine on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Astros versus A's. Astros once again favored to win the West. Uh, see what they do. I know they lost um, Springer to the Blue Jays, uh, so that's a, a big loss at the top of the lineup. But this, the the Astros got a good farm system. You know that. They created the the guys that all came up these past couple of years, so um, no doubt that they'll be back. Uh, I think the big thing for them right now that I was reading was the uh, the contract negotiations with Correa. So hopefully oh, that boy. gets hopefully that gets done. And it's crazy because you and I, um, as Astros fans and and friends, going on for a long time now. Uh, you know, we've always talked about how, at least with this recent iteration of the Astros, how we thought both you and I were on the same page on this. He was the guy. He was was the guy that if if anybody needed to go or get traded or not re-signed, it had to be Carlos Correa. It was Correa. And then last year's playoffs happened. And last last year's playoffs happened and that talk on the mound with the pitcher. And, I mean, he he went out there and carried himself like the guy. You know what I mean? He is the Houston Astros heartbeat right right now, I would say. And he has that swagger to him. He plays with a lot of confidence. The problem with him was never play. It was always that he was injured. You know, that was always a problem. But, Mm -hmm. you know, when he's in the lineup, he he can be productive. And at shortstop, you know, he's he's locked down. If if there was a guy for the Astros just based on play, it would be Correa. But obviously he's 5'5", and he just doesn't fit the image. Uh, I mean, Altuve, I'm sorry. It would be Altuve, yeah, yeah. but he's 5'5 five, five and really doesn't fit the image. But, I mean, Carlos Correa last year definitely showed that he was the guy in the Astros. He was the guy in the clubhouse that had the voice. Yeah, um, definitely. And all of that. So I know that he already turned down an extension. He didn't think that it was enough money. This is a Carlos Correa jersey, and he he won us over, Roland. So I definitely do not want to lose Carlos Correa. Yeah, I, I, I want him. I want him back. You know, they um, avoided going to arbitration because they they signed that one year deal that kept him here for this year. But they want that long term extension. They yeah. want to lock him and Bregman up, get that core. Him, Bregman, Altuve, uh, Bregman and Altuve already under long term contracts. 
Um, but get get those three guys locked down for the and future. They, and they uh, re-signed Brantley also for a couple of Brantley, years. Yeah. So. Brantley came up big last year. Brantley he did. Came up huge last he did. Year. And he's a vet. But and it sucks. I won't be able to say Springer Dinger anymore. You know, we won't get any more of those leadoff Springer Dingers. But I mean, the Blue Jays already got going today. They they took mm-hmm. down the Yankees opening night. So. That's that's pop at the the top of the lineup that you don't see every day. So I'm definitely sad that we lost Springer. But yeah, let's lock up Correa and let's get this season started, man. I, I want to go to an Astros game. I know I'm gonna try and make it out there this summer. Yeah, I know you like to go. I, to I will. Games. Yeah. Yes. So let, let's just get into it again. And I know we started off with the NFL, uh, deviated a little bit of myself when I introduced myself into some MLB. But let's pick up with the NFL because again, as we always talk about the NFL. That it's a new system that's 365 days a year. They own Sunday, and guess what? It's draft time. We got the pro days. We've had some pretty big pro days that went down this week. Um, the my biggest one, at least for me, that I think confirmed, and it's gonna probably surprise you, but Kyle Pitts. I think oh. he confirmed himself as the biggest freak athlete in this draft. You know, tight end, correct? Yeah, you know, I'm not too big on drafting a tight end that high, but if you get a, a guy like that, he runs a, a 4-4. These are all unofficial times. I know there are some jokes going around that this might be the fastest draft class ever because all you hear is 4-3-8, 4-3-5 here and there. But Kyle Pitts running a 4-4 out of the tight end position, I don't even know if there's an NFL comp for this guy at the tight end uh, position. Vernon Davis? Vernon Davis was the last one that everybody called a freak, probably coming out. Vernon yeah. Davis might have ran a faster forty than that. Mm-hmm. Also, but, I mean, Vernon Davis just couldn't stay healthy. But if I had to comp mm-hmm. it, I would say Vernon Davis. Yeah, this guy might be Vernon Davis. He has the size of a Travis Kelsey. He's a freak. He he was on the highlight reel every week this year. He was mossing guys. Definitely my favorite prospect, and I wouldn't expect to say that for a tight end, but he he's my favorite prospect. So a name that a lot of my friends um, were talking about was the wide receiver from LSU that passed up on the season, sat Jamar out the season, Chase. Jamar Chase, and people think that he's the best receiver in 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 this draft. After seeing what you know Devonte Smith did all last year, right? Devonte Smith, yeah, Devonte out Smith. of Alabama. Now I know that he doesn't have the measurables you know, at the combine as far as height, weight, and, and all that. But we know that inside of those inside of those, inside those of those sidelines, and put once you put on. the pads on, is different, man. There's guys that just go out there and they have it. They, they're X factors. They make plays. Percy Harvin style. I mean, we saw Percy Harvin get drafted mm-hmm. very, very high. So Devontae Smith, I personally think, is the best wide receiver in this draft class. We've seen the Tyreek Hill effect, man. Like mm-hmm. we we've seen that the size can be made up for with speed and elusiveness, and you know if the player plays smart and just goes down. So I'm still on the Devonte Smith train that he's the best wide receiver in this class. De- definitely not knocking Devonte Smith for his size. That's that doesn't even enter into my. Uh, my grade, I guess, or my draft grade for him. I was on record last year saying Henry Ruggs was my favorite receiver because I was in love with that that speed. And Devontae Smith, I'm going to have to say I'm going to do a little bit of a flop. I'm going to have to say Jamar Chase is probably the best all-around receiver in this draft. 
Not to say that Devontae Smith isn't going to be a pro bowler because I do think he has that potential. He gives me those Tyreek Hill, Deshaun Jackson vibes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he, he's going to be a stud in the league for sure. He stays healthy. He's going to be a stud in the league. He's going to be a pro bowler, everything. But based on the measurables, based on what he did on his pro day, based on what he did when he had Joe Burrow as his quarterback in 2019, Jamar Chase is that guy. I mean, we forget Jamar Chase – he had his game against Alabama where he went off and he was right. going up against the number one cornerback in this draft, Patrick Sertan. He tore up Trevon, Trayvon Diggs, who's a pretty good corner on the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys are going to build that, that secondary around him. He lit them up. Jamar chase is that Better hope the Eagles don't draft him then Cowboys fans. Yeah, no, I don't want to see Jamar chase twice a year. Well, and I, and I Roman, something, uh, another thing that I saw was, you know, the Dolphins traded back out of their pick from number three with the 49ers. So we did, we, we've we already had some movement in the draft. That was a big move. Thank you for introducing that. Let, what did the, the Niners do? What They traded up to three? They, they traded up to three. So they traded two first-round picks or three first-round picks. They got one back, and they gave up a third as well. So they gave up four picks for their one pick back. So, you know, they gave up three. If you offset those ones. Um, but the obvious thing is they're looking for quarterback, right? Doing why for else, quarterback. Why doing else would the 49ers jump up to number three? We know that there's those three quarterbacks. We know that Sunshine's going number one, Trevor Lawrence. And at two, it seems like Zach Wilson has won over these NFL yeah. front offices. Yeah, he has. He, has. he so, hasn't won me over. I'm going to say something later, but, yeah, I think he's number two. So the Fields is left, right? And, I mean, we yeah. saw Fields – Prove himself not so fast. They're oh, saying that the Mac Jones likes Mac Jones. They're saying Shanahan likes Mac Jones. But what I was listening to on the radio today, and shout out to ESPN Radio, they were saying that the true like uh, talent evaluator for the Niners was at Justin Fields Pro Day. So there might be a little bit of a smoke Rolling. screen. They wouldn't have moved up for Mac Jones. Mac Jones. I, I, I hope not. Mac Jones would have been there when they were drafting. I hope not. I hope I know the that they're supposed to be Jones. they're supposed to be four or five QBs taken in the first round um, this year, but you could have gotten Mac Jones there. You didn't have to move up to number three to get sure. Mac Jones. I, I agree. You know, there's always the um, the old adage that you do whatever it takes to get your guy. If you believe that you have a guy, and let's just say hypothetically speaking, the the Niners are like Mac Jones is our guy. Maybe that's the move that they make. But I, man, I'm not backtracking. I do think they need another quarterback. I don't think Jimmy G is the answer. But do you think that they the Jimmy G's tenure in in San Francisco's a failure? Like you know, he got injured that first year. He had the Super Bowl run the second year, but I feel like he got shitted on ever since he missed that big throw. He did. Uh, he did. And yeah. you know what, though? I think that he's going to have one more year. I do think that they will draft the quarterback, but I don't think they throw the guy right into the fire. Well, I wouldn't throw Mac Jones right into the fire. I, no, I, that's a, I Even or Fields. I Fields either, bro. I mean, I honestly think the only guy that's ready to be thrown into the fire is Trevor Lawrence. That's it. I like Zach Wilson, but I'm not going to go out there and say that he can go out there and start from day one. No. Nah. The, the way that the way that we had the two guys this year, right? 
And they have a talented roster. They still have a lot of the same roster from the Super Bowl team. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to draft fields. They're going to run Gar Garoppolo out there until, you know, if they start off and they have a good record and they're above 500, they're up there for their division. As soon as shit starts going south, that's where they plug in, you know, fields the way that the Eagles plugged in Hurts for Carson Wentz. Or it could that's be Miami situation. What if they're dedicated to to switch or, no matter what they're doing? Or this? they could set that you know that after the bye week, it's going to be his job. But we're going to see where he carries him. I've already heard Shanahan say that Garoppolo is going to be there. So I mean, they're not obviously not going to try and get rid of him, and it's going to be it would be pretty hard to get rid of him based on the money that they paid him. But I definitely see Garoppolo as the opening day starter, even though they are going to draft Fields, in my opinion. I, I hope they draft Fields. I wouldn't have moved all the way up there for Mac Jones personally. Not to say that I don't think Mac Jones is going to be a good pro. I think all of these guys pretty much project to be a good pro. Um, so I don't know. This is a big move. You got to love it when teams call their shots like that because that's exactly what the 49ers are doing right now is calling their shot and making that move. And that um, division's been very aggressive. I mean, we saw the yeah. Rams trade up a lot of their future for Matt Stafford. So those are teams that feel that they have that window and they just need to go out. We, we've said that teams need to win it on their rookie contract. Maybe the Niners feel that they have the pieces, they have those young receivers, they have the tight end locked up. They're a young team offensively. So I, could, I see why they're going right now. Okay, you know, this draft class has some guys. You just said you project them all being decent pros. At least, you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, they all have potential. You got to go for it, and and I like it. I like that they're going for it. Uh, one thing I will say, I'm not sold on on Zach Wilson though. Um, I I'm on the on the side of the fence that saw him play before he blew up this year, which I did. I mean, we're big college guys. You yeah. know, we we bet college almost every week. I'm we're in tune with the mid majors. He was he had a, an iffy year last year. He came into the season not with the job. He had to compete to win the job, you know. And prior, he, prior to this breakout yeah, year, you're saying, prior right? to his yeah. breakout year, yeah. he had to win the job. And wasn't he a transfer as well? Like, didn't he transfer to Boise, or was he I there? I don't think he. Person? I don't think he transferred. He was there from the beginning. He had an okay. iffy year in the uh, last year. Then he comes into this year. He wins the job, and the rest is history. But okay. he did play a. a a tough game against Coastal Carolina. The game came to be like 48 hours before it actually kicked off. So right. got to cut him some slack there, uh, but didn't have the, the best showing. And that was probably the best competition that he, that he saw uh, while at BYU last year. So I don't know. I just think we get so, 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 so excited. And this is an ESPN effect with Patrick Mahomes and, Oh my God, I've never seen a guy make a no look pass before. Oh my God, I've never seen a guy throw sidearm before. And then they see a guy who kind of looks like that and Zach Wilson. And all of a sudden, all of these adjectives start getting attached to his name. And it's just like, ah, just pump the brakes a little bit. I'm probably going to end up being wrong. Zach Wilson might end up being a pro bowler. He can make every throw in the book. You know, he crosses all the boxes when you're doing your scouting report. Uh, but I still don't think he has enough under his belt to make me comfortable and choosing him over Sam Darnold. I, I think Sam Darnold oh, is better. I'm, than, I'm, I'm, I'm way out of Sam Darnold. So I think Wilson is, is hands, hands down better. I just think that Sam Darnold got made. I mean, his, 
those receivers at USC made him look pretty good. The dude was an interception machine in college, and it transferred over to the NFL. Wilson, what I will say is, look, we've seen Taysom Hill come out of BYU. Yeah, he's a gadget player, though. I mean, he was a starting quarterback for the Saints, and they they lost one game out of like a seven-game stretch. He got paid. We've seen them at least put out a quarterback into the NFL. Zach Wilson is your prototypical quarterback. He has all the tools. I mean, Roland, we've seen guys, and we say, you know, they haven't played the best competition. We saw Joe Flacco out of Delaware. Delaware, We saw Carson Wentz out of South Dakota or South Dakota State, whatever it was. Like, we've seen these, these quarterbacks from these small schools that have all the intangibles and have that QB size. They can make every throw. They may not be playing the best competition, but... You know, when the players get better, as long as you can make the throws, you, you know, they're going to make the catches. It's the mm-hmm. NFL. So I I am – I do believe in Wilson. I do believe that he's better than Fields. Um, I don't think that the QB class is as high as everybody says that it is. Though. Like I, I, I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones, and Fields to me is like – Man, I saw him get hit in that game against Clemson, right? When he took mm-hmm. that pop and the player got ejected. And, bro, I just thought, oh, my God. Like, the safeties <clears throat> and the linebackers in the league, if they catch this kid, it's yeah, going to be – Yeah, but he still tore it up that game. They no, won that for, game. For, for sure he did. But, I mean, like, that, the, the NFL hits different, bro. Uh, so – but he's been highly touted, you know, out of high school, into That's college. The, yeah, the so whole time. The whole time he's been the dude. Yeah, he's been the dude the whole time. So hopefully it transfers for the 49ers seat because I, I they think took, it will. They took a shot. I take I'll take Fields over Wilson. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll take that stance. I, I like Fields over Wilson here, and I, I do. I think you brought up a good point. He's been the guy since high school. Yeah. You know, we've been poking and prodding him ever since he stepped on to Georgia before he transferred to Ohio State. Um, Justin Fields has been talked about as being he, he, that he guy. Didn't beat, he didn't beat Jake Fromm because Jake Fromm made that run that year. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he was better than Jake Fromm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was better and, than Jake uh, Fromm. Georgia might have fucked that one up. Georgia might have fucked that one up. And Fields is a, as freaky as it gets when it comes to being an athlete. Like, like, so. like the way that Nick Saban put Tua over Hurts and forced Hurts to transfer, that's what Georgia should have done with Fromm and Fields, and they didn't mm-hmm. do that. They didn't pull it. So, see, that's the difference. That's the difference. That's a good call. That's a good call. Well, the draft's coming up April 29th, I think. So, we're going to be talking about it almost every podcast from I here kinda, on out. So. Roland, I kind of I kind of feel like you have, like, uh, you weren't that big on Herbert. I kind of feel like you have the same vibes that you have towards Herbert, towards Wilson. And I wasn't in on Herbert at all. Yeah, I was but off on Herbert. He surprised both off. of us, but I think that that's how Zach Wilson's going to turn out. Yeah, we'll see. I, he has the intangibles, like you said, and he can make all the different kind of throws to get the ESPN people excited. So sure. um, definitely excited to see if he can overcome being in New York. That's another challenge in itself. Yeah, so, for sure. We'll for sure. That, that's tough. But that's the NFL talk. I don't have anything else uh, written down. Do you, do you have anything else you want to talk about in the NFL before uh, we hop over to no. uh, I think we got MLB? No, just you know, some moves that the Texans have made. The Texans are stacking up the backfield. You know, they did sign Mark Ingram. They have David Johnson coming back, and they signed another running back. It's it's slipping me right now. They also signed Tyrod Taylor. So if Deshaun Watson isn't 
ready to go by week one or is on that exempt list, like you said, that he'll probably find himself on. Tyrod Taylor is going to be the guy for the Texans. And, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, he's the guy that got beat out by Justin Herbert uh, just this past year. So he's been beat out by by several players. I don't think that Tyrod Taylor is the guy at all. So it's going to be a big rebuilding season for the Texans. Well, shout out uh, Tyrod Taylor. He he deserves another chance. He stays in the league, uh, though, bro. He stays yeah. in the league. Yeah. After, I mean, he lost his job on a freak accident. Um, I, I don't know how that uh, is developing, but yeah, with the whole get, having his chest punctured by, by the by the, by the doctor. Yeah, yeah, that no, that's wild. insane. That but wild. yeah, we'll see. And the the Cowboys. I mean, other than signing Dak, I kind of signed off after that. All the re-signed, right? Yeah, I just want them to do the right thing in the draft. If we can draft Patrick Sertan, that cornerback out of Alabama, I'd be happy. Get a nice little secondary going, um, but yeah, we'll talk about that more. Hopefully, when when Justin gets back next week, we'll we'll go through um, our team's wants and needs in the draft. I think that'll be fun uh, for the Texans and Cowboys. But yeah, that's the NFL talk. Um, as we mentioned uh, a little bit earlier, and uh, we'll go through this pretty quickly. Uh, the MLB's back today. It's opening day. Um, fans in the stands. The MLB as letting the teams, you know, kind of decide what they want to do with the fans in the stands. We have had a canceled game, though. The Nationals game, their opening series, their opening day game got canceled due to COVID. The Mets as well. Yeah. the Met, I, Were they playing each other, or no. did the Mets have a separate was, game canceled? It was two separate games, yeah. Okay, two so games two games have already been canceled on opening day due to COVID. Um, seems like the MLB is taking a somewhat conservative approach to canceling games. They said they followed their tracing protocols and decided to cancel it. So good on them uh, for going ahead and doing that. Uh, but without further ado, you know, we got the MLB. We got the big names. It's pretty top heavy this year. If you ask me, um, I, I think the NL is gonna, probably going to run through L.A. again out west. They're stacked. You, you got uh, I think David Price, who doesn't even have a spot in the rotation right now. I was yeah, they, got, they got Bauer. Kershaw did take an L today. They're, yeah. they're, they're pitching right now. They're, they're in Colorado. So, you know, the ball flies out of that stadium. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they, Kershaw go got rocked today. Kershaw got rocked today. I know Ron's a big Dodgers fan. He'll jump on the mm-hmm. bandwagon of, of whatever team's hot. So the Dodgers lost their first game. Ron might be looking for a new team, Roland. <laughs> We'll see in New Jersey in the in the group chat here pretty soon. Um, and then out in the AL, it's a little bit more wide open in the AL. I think you got some more teams that can compete out there. But for the second year in a row, the odds-on favorite to win the AL pennant are none other than the the New York Yankees. Yankees. Yep. And they also dropped their first game, if yep. I'm not mistaken. The cold Houston. train. The cold train went down in, in extra innings to the Jays. There we go. Um, so shout out Diego. Yeah, shout out Diego. It's a uh, good start to that Springer. season win total, cuz. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely didn't think uh, Cole was going to go out and lose his first matchup, but um, I don't know shit about baseball. So um, I was wrong on that one. But I do want to say that in terms of who I think is probably going to win um, the NL, I'm not going to surprise anybody here. I'm sticking with the Dodgers. I think they're going to make another run. They have a deadly lineup. They still have Mr. Mookie Betts on their team. I'm not going against them out in the out in the NL. But on the AL side, I do think it's a little bit more wide open. I don't think the Yankees have shown us that they can sustain their success. You know, they've had injuries here and there that have thwarted them, haven't been able to get over the hump. 
So I'm not going to go with the Yankees. I'm going to go ahead and say that I like the – I don't know. I'm going to say something random here. I like the the White Sox to, to kind of take a jump here. Uh, they have a young core. They have some decent yeah. pitching. I know they got Chris Giolito. Sale. Jolito uh, there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the White Sox, uh, south side of Chicago, to make a run in the AL and, and surprise some people. But uh, AL um, is going to probably be the – the league that I watch the most this year. What, what I'm about, do you have the odds on them on the White Sox? Uh, yeah, the White Sox. Let's see here. I was looking at them earlier. I know they're slightly favored to win the AL Central. They're small favorites. The Astros are small favorites to win the West. The Yankees are large favorites to win the East. Um, and the White Sox and the Twins. But are, as far as like just to win the AL. So when the AL, yes, I can pull them up just real quick. Just give me a few seconds. I have yeah, I, you got to think it's gonna be you know the Yankees obviously with the with the lowest odds just based on. Yeah, the, the Yankees are are slightly favored to win the AL. Uh, let me see. I like. I think that the Astros are gonna have decent odds, man. I know that we're not starting the season with Verlander. I know Granky's opening up tonight. Um, I believe we're even underdogs to the A's tonight, but. The Astros got to have a decent number on them this year. Not as much hype with the, you know, with the rotation. It's got to be mm-hmm. a decent number on the Astros to come out of the AL. Yeah, I think the Astros have a decent number. I think I saw them slotted like at plus eight, 850 to win the World Series. Um, probably going to be a little bit shorter to win the AL. Yeah, at least um, plus eight. Yeah, so they're, they're there. They're, they're going to be in the thick of things. Uh, like I'm going to go with the Astros to win they're, the they're AL. Favorite. So to win the AL, the Astros are plus 2,200. That's what Damn. I'm looking at right now Bro. on VegasInsider.com. Yeah, give me the Astros because, I, I mean, we're going to be in the playoffs. And once the playoffs start, baby, you know Verlander is going to be ready to go. So mm-hmm. I, I, plus actually, I, I take that back. That was for the that was for the World Series. They're plus 1,000 to okay. win the pennant. Still, still good. Yeah, still yeah plus 1,000 to win the pennant. Yeah, I like um, that. Anybody that you like uh, that you like to watch that you want to point out? Uh, yeah, maybe like- um, I I want to watch the Royals this year. I think the Royals okay. lineup is sneaky. I know people, T-Mobile this past Tuesday. I mean, they give you the MLB pass for free if you're a T-Mobile user, and if you're not a T-Mobile user like me and you got AT and T, you have cameras that have T-Mobile, and they let they uh-huh. let several people sign up under the same account, so. Um, yeah, that's free, and the Royals are fun to watch. I, they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, today they gave up five runs in the first inning at, at the top of the first, and then at the bottom of the first, the score was five to four. So we already had nine innings in the first – in the first in, nine runs in the first inning. Um, game was wild. Ended up uh, finishing 13 to 10. I think that there's going to be a lot of fireworks in the Royals game. They got a sneaky lineup. And another team is the NL – I'm going to go with the Padres, right? That's the team I was going to say, the Padres. That's, that's the who Padres, I want to watch a lot. The Padres time. starting rotation also, you know, led by Chris Paddock. They got they Blake Snell. A, yeah, and Blake Snell, Chris Paddock, they have a nasty rotation. Um, they have a young team. I, I really like the the Padres, and I know that they're 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 uh, they're like one of those hype, hype beast teams. Everybody seems to be on them. They're one of those popular preseason teams. Yeah, everybody likes Tatis. 
Uh, but like you said, I, I love their lineup. They got Blake Snell. They got Clevenger. Uh, they got Paddock. I like that team out west. Um, it sucks that they're in the same division as the, the Dodgers. Probably not going to win that division. But look out for the Padres to make some noise in the wild card. You know, they just paid Fernando Tatis. Uh, Big bag. Money. They gave him. They gave him that MLB bag. Uh, so you got to expect them to come out and um, make some fireworks too. So yeah, the NL, uh, the team that I want to watch a lot of is the uh, is the Padres and the AL. Uh, it, it pains me to say it because I just talked about it, that I hated losing him, but is the the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays look like they're they're a little sneaky team too with that lineup. They have some guys out there that uh, can hit the ball. You know, you got Vlad Jr. out there, uh, George Springer's we talked about. Uh, what was so, yeah, another? The, the, they had another young like white dude, Roland. Who who was he? That he like came up and he was hitting crazy. I believe that oh, he hits I like. Know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm blanking on his I'm name, on. but I know they have Craig Biggio's son on their team too. Oh, they they also have Craig Biggio Jr. I'm about to pull up the name. I I don't know why it's it was like him mania for like a month last year. This dude for the Jays, Bichetti, Bo Bichetti, Bo Bichetti, yep, yep. Bo Bichetti's hitting a third in their lineup, and then Biggio's hitting second. Vlad's hitting fifth. They got Guriel Jr. They got uh, you know. The Pina's little brother over there, so they have a really good. They have a decent team, man. They're young, they're fun to watch. They're a team that's yeah. going to steal a lot of bases, and those are the teams that are fun to watch. The teams that play on the go. So you, um, I, I have a little uh, topic on here. We don't have to get too into it. I didn't want to spend too much time on MLB, but the Rangers, uh, they're one of the teams that are actually going a hundred percent fan attendance. You got um, to. I know. You have a new stadium, brother. Yep, I know. I said I'd want to go to a game. Do you agree with their move? Would you go to a game at uh, Globe Life Park? Um, Definitely not. I've said I'll never go to Dallas, you know, just the city itself. So I've never okay. been. I don't plan on going. But, I mean, I I see it. You could see it from a mile away. They spent a lot of money opening up that new ballpark, you know, a replica of Minute Maid Park that they built over there. And they're going to have to put fans in the seats because – the bills got to get paid, man. These stadiums are worth a lot of money. Um, Long's got to get paid back. Yep, exactly. So the, the Rangers, I don't expect them to have a very good season this year either. Um, they played the Royals today, and they actually gave up the 13 runs. So they're going to be getting shelled a lot this year. Yeah, um, fans but, who go to those games just go to get drunk. Right. And something that we didn't bring up in NFL, but you brought it up here, but Roger Goodell did come out and say that, he expect, that the, the expectation is for the fans to be back in 2021. Full attendance. Full, Full attendance. attendance. You know, last year I had the pleasure of going to a game because Mondo drove up here, uh, Mondo and his girl Steph, and they wanted to go see Aaron Rodgers. They're, his his girl's a huge Packers fan. So Gabby and I went with them for the trip. But, you know, seats were rowdy, spaced out. It was limited attendance. But we were in the stadium. But now it's the, the NFL saying 100% attendance this coming year, that that's the plan. I, you also said that they're going back to London. Another thing that they we didn't, that we that we failed to mention. So no Mexico this year, but they will be traveling overseas. So it seems like those bands. It seems like they're really going to you know treat it as a as a regular season, you know yeah, pre-pandemic. I mean, and I think the other thing though that we didn't talk about either is the vaccine is becoming more widely available to the point where the players are going to start getting vaccinated. Right. I, I believe uh, that the Astros already did get it. 
Yeah, and I, we saw the picture of Shai Gilgis Alexander holding uh, his teammate's hand when he got the COVID vaccine. It's already going to the NBA. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see. A, um, Things will start getting season. back to normal. Yeah, we're yeah. we're gonna see a season that resembles something that we're used to. And I'm go- I'm going to a game in Dallas. I'm gonna go to a game. I, I want to. I'll have my vaccine by the time the the season starts. So. Um, I'll be I'll be in an NFL game. I'll hopefully oh, yeah. be in an ML, MLB game this uh, this summer with the, the Astros. So we'll see how that goes. But that's the MLB. We're going to be talking about it more and more. Um, we, like we said, it was just opening day today. Uh, wanted to introduce it a little bit. If anybody out there is a baseball fan, um, has any predictions that they want to throw out there, go ahead and give us a shout out. We talk about baseball here too. Or a um, team that you would like to hear our opinion on because we're yeah, exactly. we're going to cover the teams that we're fans of for the most part. You know, you don't want to go on a tangent about MLB for an hour. We try and cover, you know, most of the main sports here under two hours or at two hours. So yeah. if you have a team that you would like us to talk about, like, we watch this shit. We watch this shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're a Braves fan and you just want to think about, hey, what's the opinion of somebody who isn't a Braves fan? You know, honest opinion. So if you have any team that you want us to, you know, talk about a bit, throw it out there in the comments as well. Hell yeah. And we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah, that's the MLB. We're looking forward to it. Uh, It's going to be a fun season. Uh, Fans in the stands and daytime. Nothing beats daytime baseball. Hell no. That'll get you through work, baby. Nothing beats daytime baseball. I work at home, baby. You Today know, they I started at on. noon on ESPN. Yeah, Shit, work was over you know, at noon. You know, I have it going on in the background. So hell yeah, yeah and the baseball baseball. Open. So hell yeah, mm-hmm. let's it's go Astros, man. Let's start off yeah. one and zero. Let's go, baby. And that's it for the MLB. Right. right, we're back with the NBA. A lot has happened since the last time I've been on the podcast with the NBA. We've got some trades. Some new places. I mean, some new faces and some new places. Some injuries have happened. Yep. Um, there's been a lot of movement atop the standings. Um, some guys are, or some teams are starting to make their moves. Uh, we're starting to see who the contenders are in the league right now. Um, anything that happened in the past uh, week or two, Ben, that caught your eye? I mean, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week with Joby, but you know, the the Rockets, you know. Tr- kind of just getting whatever they could for Oladipo while they could because he was going to walk in the summer. You know, we've seen guys make their debuts. Blake Griffin, I called him done. I called him washed. And then last night I picked him up for my fantasy team against you. Uh, he ended up splashing down three threes. Like, I mean, it's weird, bro. It's the – the I season. The the Nets the Nets were big winners, man. Like it to me, it was kind of crazy how how these guys were picking the Nets instead of the instead of the Lakers, which is what we saw last season. What we saw happen with the Warriors when they were on their run. We've seen these established guys kind of go ring chase, and they picked what side of their fence that they were on. And yeah. you know, Blake and Lamarcus Aldridge both went to the Nets, guys that were rumored to possibly be Lakers. The Lakers did end up coming down with with you know their own big man, um, but it's shit starting to ramp up in the NBA. You know it's the second half of the season, All Star breaks over. These guys, these teams are going to start clicking and start getting into playoff, you know playoff form, all, all firing on all cylinders. Um, a lot's happening in the NBA. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Nets and the moves that they made, uh, especially. 
especially when you talk about the the buyouts you know they ended up getting blake griffin and they got lamarcus aldridge and you know rightfully so i wouldn't actually i take it back not rightfully so the word i was looking for and as expected nba twitter was up in arms everybody was acting like they just put together the 2014 all-star team this is not what happened okay you got two guys and blake griffin and lamarcus aldridge who I'm sure from time to time can turn back the clock and and show you what they used to be, but you're not getting a 25 point per game, Blake Griffin. You're not getting a 20 and 12 LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, that, that, and that's not why you're signing them. You know, you're already the Brooklyn Nets. You already are pretty much favored to win the East. You're you're favored to represent the East and the the finals. You're just adding depth. You're adding it you need guys that you can play in the playoffs, guys that you can rely, rely on for five, whether it's five-minute spurts, whether in one quarter they go five minutes, Aldridge, you know, five minutes, Blake, and then the next quarter they go DeAndre and maybe Blake, and then in the third, they, like, they just need spurts from these guys. The team is going to be carried by Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. They just mm-hmm. need spurts by these big guys. And, you know, I've always been saying, and that's the other thing, like, I wasn't making too much of a big deal about it because these guys are guys that we think that, you know, their best days are behind them. You know, yeah. they're they're David West when he went to the Warriors. You're I say be- he's better than David West. It's a step above that. But okay. yeah, I, yeah, along the line, along those same lines, yes. You're relying on them kind of for the same things, the vet that you rely on them in those big moments. They could be in their closing out games, been there, done that. So I get it because especially because that was the one position that everybody said the Nets need. They need bigs. Yeah. You know, they ended up landing Blake and Aldridge. I Andre Drummond might be the best out of those three guys, to be honest. But as far as what, what the Nets needed and spacing with their team, these two guys were the fit for them. You know, they, they got mm-hmm. what they needed. They got it on the low. You know, they have their three-headed monster, and they've been doing it without KD. It seems like they're making sure KD doesn't come back until he's fucking pristine, until, mm-hmm. until he ain't going to fucking bust, bust down anymore. So big winners are the Nets. I think hands down the winners of free agency, buyouts, all that shit were the Nets. Winners are the Nets, and, you know, I do have just a little bit of a bone to pick, and it's just more with, you know, the reaction to all of these things. Uh, you know, I was watching some first take, and I love Stephen A. personally. I think he's the best in the business at what he does. Uh, we're sitting here talking about him. But he said something about Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge saying that these guys were, you know, once the cornerstone of a franchise. And when you're at that level, you shouldn't be homie hopping and you shouldn't be uh, going and chasing the ring. But I want to say get that out of here. Like, We've honestly, these guys, these guys put in the work. They were the cornerstone of an of, of a franchise. They were that good. They weren't these guys that were never the man that you see ring ring chasing at the end of their careers. These guys were the guys in their franchises. They put in the work. If they want to go in and get for a ring in the twilight of their career, then go ahead and do it. Um, that's just the name of the game. Like Ben I, said, we've seen it before. I could see him saying that about Harden doing it in the prime of his career when he's one of the guys, you know. Yeah, I but don't hate on the, the ring but, chasers. But, but, uh, but on the guys that, you know, are at the end of their career and they just – the only thing missing is that championship celebration. Let them, yeah. We're going to talk about somebody who was mad about where he ended up because he wanted that championship celebration. 
You know what I mean? So, no, I don't agree with that. Don't be pissed at these guys. We see it every offseason, bro. We yeah. see these big-time bets who are kind of, you know, they can play. They're role players, maybe a little bit higher because of all the experience that they have, and they go to these teams that are contending. You know what I mean? So That's the name of the game. It, it, every the year, game. same shit. Every year, same shit. And it's not like they're trying to be like, hey, we're going to get this ring and we're the greatest player of all time. No, they, they just want this A because that's what you, you play the game for. You ultimately want to sure. win a championship. And if, that doesn't mean that you're going to be an automatic Hall of Famer. These guys want it for their own personal legacy and this go is, out and do it. This is Carl Malone going to the Lakers, fam. This, exactly. is, this is what this is. You know what I mean? It, like it, it, this, this shit has been going on. This shit's been happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with, with that said, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, the Nets, you know, uh, piling up the assets and, and getting ready for their playoff run. Um, do you do you still have the Nets coming out of the East? I think the last time we talked, you did. 100%. Um, and you, now they, uh, and now you they have bodies to throw at Embiid. I thought their biggest, you know, the biggest wrench in them getting there would be Philadelphia with the way that Embiid was playing. But – you know, I'm not saying that these guys are going to stop Embiid, but don't let him get 30. Just mm -hmm. Don't let Embiid get 30. You know what I mean? I think that between Aldridge, between Blake and DeAndre, some KD, you know that they're going to double Embiid because Philly doesn't have the greatest of shooters. They have too much skill for Philadelphia. Yeah, way too much. Way too, way much. too much. And and same thing with the Bucks. And but Philly actually, you know, has Embiid, who I I value Embiid more than Giannis. Um, just because he can kind of do it all, you know what I mean, and you can run it through him. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's it's the Nets, it's the Nets to lose. And I've been a big big supporter of the Heat last year, but you know I, I wasn't a fan of what the Heat did this offseason. I would call them big losers uh, of the offseason. I mean, they did get all the depot uh, of the trade market. Maybe not big losers because they landed all the depot, but they held on to those young cats. Um, a little too long and didn't go out there for that Chris Paul or that James Harden, which would have been way better than Oladipo. Yeah, they were way too attached to Tyler Harrow at the end of the day. Yeah, and I'm a Tyler Hero guy, but you are way too attached to him for damn sure. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I agree. I, I got the, the Nets coming out of the East, um, and I do, do agree with your second point that it would probably be Philadelphia that offered them the biggest challenge uh, just based on the way that they were playing. You got – um, MVP Embiid, or at least he's playing at MVP caliber level. Uh, so, yeah, they'd probably be the team that challenges them. And they play a good brand of basketball in terms of playing defense. And you got Tobias Harris also playing the best that he's played. He's, so. he's playing probably his best basketball in a while, Tobias yeah, Harris. Yeah, and, and props to him because he's a contract that everybody likes to point out as having a, a crazy contract. But yeah. uh, he, he's playing worth his, his, um, his contract right now. So shout out to them. But, yeah, I got them coming out of the East and the West, man. The West is crazy right now. You know, you got the Lakers that are flailing. Does it matter? Due to Does injuries. Due to injuries. Due to injuries for sure, but it's happening nonetheless. You for know, sure. You got your yeah, big, yeah, yeah. You got your big dogs out. It's because it's very, it's very tight up there in the standings, like one through five. It's it's you know, it's only a couple of games that are separating you. And and if you lose two or three games in a week, the way the Lakers have been doing, mm -hmm. you're gonna see yourself falling quickly. Yeah. And you know, speaking of new uh, new faces and new places, um, I shit. I did say I had the Lakers coming out of the West. I think the last time that we talked, but man, I'm falling in love with this Denver Nuggets team. Really, I like what the Nuggets did. 
I like that they picked up Aaron Gordon. I like the way Michael Porter Jr. is playing. I'm a big Michael Porter fan. He's an automatic, if you pay attention to his stats, he's an automatic 20-point, 10-rebound guy. He's a monster. He's going to knock down four to five threes for you. And now that you got Aaron Gordon, you don't have to worry about Michael Porter Jr. playing defense. You put Aaron Gordon on the best player on the other team or the best uh, front court player on the other team and let him go to work on defense. Let Michael Porter Jr. worry about offense. And then you got Jamal Murray and and Nikola Jokic. You just need Jamal Murray to kind of recapture uh, what he did in the bubble. And you got a dangerous team. A lot to ask for, though. Yeah, I know because he played like with a the way that it, compared to the way that he's been playing now. Like it's yeah. kind of hard for him to top that. You know what I mean? Um, we're talking about all, an all-time you know run with the way that he was running. I, I see too many holes defensively with the Nuggets uh, when it comes to playoff basketball. When every possession is valued, you know, like that, they can kind of pick on Jokic if they want to. Like Anthony Davis, like Jokic is. He's, he's barbecue chicken to Anthony Davis. And then if, if it's not him, then they're going to pick on Michael Porter Jr. Like, I I don't like their matchup with the Lakers. I like them matching up with just about all the other teams there. I still think that the favorite is the Lakers, if healthy. If healthy, but I'm falling in love with this Phoenix Suns team. Okay. I, I really am. I really am. And the Chris Paul factor – is the only reason why I think that they have a chance. If it was just Booker, Aiton, and all these young cats, I still think that they're too young. But that is who I, I'll be pulling for in the playoffs. Um, just because, you know, Booker can be that guy to go out and average 30 for you in the series and get you the buckets. Um, but everybody else is going to have to play their roles. And they have guys in, in, in pretty good roles. Yeah. Man. I, I like Michael Bridges. He's a good pro. He's turned out to be a really good pro. Yeah, they they have guys that can, and they have Cam Johnson as well, Cam right? Johnson. That comes in off the bench. So they have guys with that are versatile with length. It, it's just going to come down to DeAndre Ayton and how much gas Chris Paul's going to have in the playoffs. But that's crazy. They but, recovered from that Justin Jackson pick really quick. Yeah, him out of there. Yeah, yeah. And but the thing it, it was going after Chris Paul. Like you know, Ayton was a number one pick, so that was in your lap. You know, they hit good with Booker because Booker wasn't. He was a lottery pick, but he wasn't one of those top guys. No, he wasn't. Yeah. But they went out there and got Chris Paul, and that is what Chris what what Booker needed, man. He needed somebody who's gonna slow the game down for him, not always have the the ball in his hands, but you know, be able to get him the ball off of whatever set play. So I'm rooting for the Suns. Hey, and it's well documented how I feel about Chris Paul, so you won't find me rooting against. Thank God. So I, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Uh, but yeah, Nuggets, Suns, some teams that that we talking about uh, podcast guys uh, like for you guys to look after uh, here as we get Justin would have said Lakers. Just shout out to Justin. For You'll sure, be back yeah. Shout out to Justin. Week. We we had the Lakers in the in the script because on they they had that big earth shaking signing with Andre Drummond. You know he he was the earth shaking uh, rolling. He broke his yeah, fucking nail rolling. I know he broke what his I was saying. Nail, fam. People You're acting like just, it's Godzilla versus Kong. I, I know. Here. That's I was being a little I was being a little sarcastic. There are the memes going out there saying that uh Andre Drummond didn't know how to act with himself now that he's hit you know the the buyout market he
He's acting like the Bachelor in Paradise or something. Hey, he like hit that. LA and broken down, bro. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here, fam. Andre Drummond is definitely one guy that was milking the buyout market, and, and you know, rightfully yeah. so. You rightfully know, so, because they told him yeah. stay away. Like they told yeah. him right off the bat, you know, do your thing till we figure out what we're gonna do. Mm -hmm. And hey, you, a lot of times we we always talk about it from the players' perspective here, because. Uh, a lot of the time what gets out in the media is from the, the team's perspective and it paints a player as a cancer from the team and stuff like that. But that's not the case with Andre Drummond. He's been nothing but a good pro. As Ben said, they told him to stay away. It was right. more mutual than anything. So, yeah, nothing bad there. But, again, you always want to look at it also from both sides, not just the, the team's perspective as we like to do here. So uh, moving on from that, as, like we said, we just gave out some some little dark horses in the Suns and the Nuggets. But moving on from the playoff picture, uh, kind of getting into some, I guess, some controversy uh, before we, we start transitioning into March Madness is the whole thing that happened with J.J. Redick. So J.J. Redick has been on and off the court for the Pelicans this year, um, was a early candidate to be bought out. Um, he had mentioned that, he wanted to get bought out and end up on the nets. No surprise there, but he has some yeah. family out of New York that he claimed that he, that he, he originally, yeah, he originally asked that he get, you know, bought out so he can go spend time with his family, with his family in New York. Not saying that that's the, that he's lying or not, but it's very convenient that the best team in the NBA also resides in, in Brooklyn, New York, but neither here nor there. He said that he had an understanding with the, the Pelicans, if that would be the case, lo and behold, according to J.J. Redick, he gets traded to the Dallas Mavericks, and now he's crying about it. I wouldn't say crying, but he's making it known that he did not agree he with the, the business tactics that happened. Uh, he thought that he was blindsided, uh, didn't think this was a good way of doing business uh, for the Pelicans, and he said all of this on his podcast. Um, I've listened to a podcast or two of his. He's a very articulate guy, so I, I don't doubt that he got his point out. But my, my he question, he's a straight shooter on there yeah, too. He's a straight shooter too. He's he's not afraid to to let you know exactly. Air it how, out, like he'll air it yeah. out. Yeah, he'll air it exactly. out. Exactly. So um, I'm bringing this up because as as I just got done saying with the whole um, team perspective versus a player perspective, do you think uh, JJ Redick has a bone to pick here? Or oh, do you yeah. think it's finally, just hey, all uh, finally somebody else who's not buying all this Luca hype? Thank you, JJ Reddick. You know, a true vet in the league. Um, here's a guy that where being a vet goes wrong, bro. We've seen all these guys that you know have have been good, good, good basketball players throughout their career, done all the right moves. They usually get released and or bought out, whatever it may be. I mean, we saw it happen with guys like J.J. Watt. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Teams usually do right by you. Um, what did they get for him, Roland? I'll ask you because I don't even know what they got for J.J. Redding. What did the Mavs give them in return? Like, what? Let me see what the, the details of the, the where I, I want to say it's probably just some compensation in terms of maybe a pick or some cash. Because uh, J.J. Redding's a guy nearing the end of his career. Right, but he was pretty pissed about the fact that they didn't just let him let him walk and go to Brooklyn where he wanted to go. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's This is where it, the NBA is a business. This is where you get reminded that the NBA is a business, even if you are, you know, J.J. Redick, a guy who's played the game right his whole career. And the, the Pelicans, too. Yeah, and I, it's weird, weird. And weird. I think from 
I think from JJ's perspective, um, and this is where I'll kind of side with him a little bit. I, I am on, uh, before I even get into that, I will say I'm on the side that this is business. This is how it works um, in the NBA. But there is a thing about tact, and there is a way to handle your business. And, and if JJ Reddick said that the Pelicans told him that they were going to do this and they went ahead and did X, Y, and Z, I would be pissed also. Yeah. Is it business? Yes. But did they lie to his face? That's the way it sounds. And I'd be pissed about that too. And why not let everybody know? You always hear it again, as we just got done saying. And, when a player's acting up, you always hear it. And the other thing is this isn't a young guy that they're doing this to. You know what I mean? This isn't uh, This isn't Kevin Porter Jr. that they're giving away his locker to, you know, a little 20-year-old. This is J.J. Redick. This is a guy that the Pelicans signed and even re-signed, I believe, as a yep. vet, you know, as a guy to be a vet on that team, along with Steven Adams. But, you know, they have a pretty young team, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Josh Hart, Alexander. They have a very young team, and J.J. Redick was the vet for those guys. They didn't do right by him, bro. They didn't because he's going to go to the Mavs and get eliminated in the first round. And he doesn't have many years left in him, you know, to be mm-hmm. a He's a he's a shooter, so sh- the shooting is a la- one of the last things to go away. But you know what I mean? Like he doesn't have very much more playing time years left in him. I would no, say. no, yeah. His his best years are behind him. He's on the the way out. Yeah, he could be that vet on the bench, maybe. You know, getting a ring like that. But he, I feel like he wants to contribute. Yeah, he he so. got did dirty. Um, unfortunately, that's the name of the game. Um, not every organization carries itself the same way. Uh, can't always expect honesty out of everybody. But uh, the good thing about today, though, in today's age, is we're going to hear both sides, man. Everybody yeah. has a mic. Everybody has an outlet. Um, everybody has a platform. We're going to hear about it, and we're going to talk about it. So uh, glad J.J. Reddick's getting his word out there oh, yeah. and uh, not just letting this go. So. Uh, I know we said we're going to get into a little bit March Madness talk, and we're, we're about to get into that right now, but just want to introduce a little bit of news college-related. Uh, Cade Cunningham, uh, the number one prospect right now um, by my eyes uh, in the NBA or going into the NBA draft, just declared for the draft. I don't think this was a surprise, um, but nonetheless, he's a projected number one guy. Uh, do you Future have Houston hope? Rocket. Future Houston Rocket. Oh, there you go. You're, you're looking at him in the lottery as a Rockets fan as you guys are going through the tank job uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, do you project him to be an all-star? Uh, do you have a player comp that you like for this guy yet? Or I No, I haven't thought about it that much. But, I mean, I do know that he's a taller guy. Uh, for Is he going to play point guard in the league? What is he going to play? He's probably going to be a, a wing player. Uh, he can run the point. He, he's a – point forward he's a new age guy you know he can handle the ball like a point guard but he's got the size of a wing player but he'll probably be out on the wing yeah i think he's a no-brainer number one pick i think you know just as sure as we are that trevor lawrence is going number one i think it's pretty damn sure that i don't i don't think it matters who has the number one pick i think kate cunningham's going to be the number yeah. one pick i don't think it matters yeah. too. the only other guy who was threatening was you know maybe mobley for one of the big guys but he got shown up by Gonzaga and Timmy this, you know, this past this past game. I don't know. It sucks. It's it's a point guard. This this draft, you know, it's Suggs and Suggs and Cunningham. And Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I agree. Um, Cunningham's probably my guy at number one. Also, I, I do like Suggs is probably the second prospect. I think he's um, confirming that right now playing tournament. But Cunningham, he's a guy, he's a, one of those new age players. You know, he's a six eight wing player. He has every move in the book when it terms to getting in terms of getting to the basket and getting his shot off. Um, I think he, I don't know if he has. Uh, I'm trying to project him in terms of his. He has playmaking in him as well, though, bro. He has playmaking. He has playmaking. Um, he is a potential franchise changer. I don't think that you draft him and he's automatically going to change your franchise. I do think he has that potential to do it. John Morant? I, I can see him being – he's taller than John Morant. He's like 6'9". I so mean, obviously I not the size, but they're, would, you, would you say that they're a game? And yeah, they have similar game. Um, they have similar game. I think Cade Cunningham likes to take a little bit more uh, pull-up jumpers in the mid-range. Uh, he's a little bit better from that perspective. Uh, that's why I kind of like his game a little bit like a Jason Tatum. That's kind of what I, I think of when I look at Cade Cunningham. Uh, might be – one of the only – I don't know if I've seen that out there, but that's kind of what I see when I look at um, at Kate Cunningham. And Jason Tatum is a, a bona fide all-star right now. So um, I do think he has good potential. Uh, I think this draft is a little weird once you get out of the top five maybe. Um, the talent starts to get a little dice. Uh, but, yeah, Kate Cunningham's that guy. Um, going to be looking forward to talking about that. Um, I don't know when the draft is for the NBA. It's going to be after the season. We're still in the thick of things. But – uh, this was the first bit of news to drop, is uh, the number one guy uh, declaring for the draft. But without further ado, we're in April, but it's still March Madness. You know, still we still got March. college going on. Um, final four this weekend, we got Baylor versus Houston in an all-Texas matchup. Baylor's five-point favorites. I like Baylor in that matchup. And then you got Gonzaga again as a double digit favorite they're 14 point favorites i think over ucla i think that's the largest uh, final four spread ever um and i think they're probably going to win so i think we got gonzaga baylor but we did have an exciting weekend of basketball or an exciting Hell couple yeah. of days of basketball um for the sweet 16 and the elite eight uh is there anything that that stuck out to you this past weekend uh that you want to talk about before yeah. we get into the matchups there was a couple of close games, man. I think that one of the themes is, you know, these these double-digit ranked teams that were just making their runs. We saw Oregon State after Loyola got Illinois after Loyola got by Illinois. I think everybody had them automatically beating Oregon State, um, but Oregon State had other plans. You know, they Oregon State came out and dominated Loyola from start to finish. You know, to to kick off that Sweet Sixteen on Saturday. So it it started I, – I was rooting for Loyola this whole tournament. That really caught me by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the theme of the, of the higher seeds, you know, making the runs, the Syracuse, um, the Oregon States, the UCLA's, Oral Roberts was in a game with Arkansas that night, 70 to 72. You know, a game where Oral Roberts led by nine at halftime. Arkansas finally starts making shots. And then Oral Roberts gets, you know, a look that that point guard, Abmas, I believe is Abmas. I struggle saying it, but, I mean, that's a look that he's going to want. That's a look that he's still wanting back right now, bro. Um, That game was off the chain. I even had buddy uh, Allen hit me up about that game. Like, yo, that game was wild. I said, yeah, bro, I watched it from start to finish too. You always got to root for the underdog. 
You know what I mean? Especially Arkansas had just come up, yeah, and Arkansas had just come out beating Texas Tech, so I was, you know, fuck y'all a little bit. So th- they got by them, but the theme of the of the double digit seeds, you know, advancing and advancing deep. I think this tournament was unlike any tournament that we've had before. Um, yes. For that reason, we've seen that one team have the Cinderella run, but here we saw a handful of double digit seeds, you know, make make runs. Yeah, I think there's something the, the most double digit seeds in a sweet 16 ever. Um, I'm glad you touched on that Oral Roberts game because they had a look to win the game. You know, they, they could very well have, have moved on from that. Uh, what was it? And, sweet 16. So. And how big of a legend is Abmas if he hits that shot? Honestly. Like that's, I mean, that's the shot that these kids go to college and dreaming crash out it. at night dreaming about in their mm-hmm. dorms, bro. That's that's what you want. That's your Kemba moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I will say I was shocked a little bit by the uh, Oregon. Uh, whoever, they took somebody out of the tournament that I didn't expect them to beat. Um, I'm, I'm blanking out on who they beat before they got routed yeah. by they USC. They got crushed by USC, yeah. Yeah. And then the other one that surprised me is uh, UCLA, and, oh, and just in totality, the Pac-12 uh, completely the Pac-12, surprising. This they're they're everybody's uh, whipping boy uh, when it comes to talking about uh, disappointing our five basketball conferences. But uh, you know, I will say, and I've heard this take a lot, and I kind of agree with this take. Unless you're a college basketball nut and you just love watching college basketball and you don't care about waking up with five hours of sleep the next morning, you probably didn't watch a lot of Pac-12 basketball this year uh, because they play when everybody else is asleep. And they play on the Pac-12 network as well. Yep. The the East Coast is asleep when UCLA, USC, and Oregon, Oregon State are playing. I'm glad Ben Ben brought up Oregon State because I didn't think they were going to beat Loyola the way that they did. And shout out to them, though. Because I was on them the next game, and they got the break speed off them, but they found a way to cover, and that's all yeah. that matters. Twilight. And that Oregon yeah. win that you're thinking about is when they took out uh, the the guy who just got named the NCAA Player of the Year. They they routed Iowa. That's the game. There we go. There we go. I did not expect them to take out Luca Garza. They put up 95 Iowa. on Iowa. Yeah, that was bad. That was Roland, bad. does Luca Garza get drafted? I think he gets drafted. I think he's, you know, tall enough. He's a makes enough tough shots. He has enough in the the repertoire to to, to exist in the NBA. I don't think he's straight to Europe. I think I he's, think he's, he's straight he's, to Europe, bro. I, don't I think, think he's got a chance in the NBA, a little bit to be like a rotational guy. We're talking so he's about, not be, and that's rowdy because we're talking about the NCAA Player of the Year maybe, maybe having a shot at an NBA roster. We're not saying he has a for sure NBA roster. And that's this is the player of the year in college basketball. It's the game, the levels, bro. The, the way the game changes is is nuts. It's nuts. And he doesn't have that, uh, that athletic bump, you know, that can take him uh, where he beats guys with speed or he can jump over somebody and, and yep. get to a spot. That's just not his game. Uh, so yeah, I was definitely surprised to see them get knocked out. I want to see where Luca ends up, or Luca Garza, not Luke. You got there's so many Lucas nowadays. Uh, Luca Salmon. Let's not let, yeah. Let's not disrespect Luca Garza. Yeah. As much as uh, I, I'm not on the hype. He's Luca. This yeah, is, for sure. 
This is Mr. Garza, Garza, like Wally and Marky, just a regular Garza. This is just a regular guy. Marky's cousin, Luca, Luca (laughs) Garza. Uh, But yeah, I was surprised to see them get taken out. But uh, I do got to, you know, give. Go ahead. I was going to say, how do you see the final four playing out? Well, final four, oh, man. I don't know. I'm probably going to shoot myself in the foot, but I'm going to go chalk. I think Gonzaga wins. I think it's rightfully lined. UCLA is probably the most surprising team to me. Uh, I saw them play a couple of times um, in the Pac-12 season. I saw them um, lay an egg against uh, USC one time. Um, I saw them in the Pac-12 tournament a little bit. Um, Did not expect this run out of them. From the um, playing game against Tom yeah. Izzo. I mean, yeah. they made sure Tom Izzo didn't make the tournament. Johnny Juzang, got to shout him out because I swear, as soon as he turned his ankle, I thought Michigan was going to win the game. I even went out and said, dang, Juzang doesn't look like 100%. And then after that, he, I think he scored like 12 straight points without like missing a shot. So and I they, definitely – They have the craziest like free throw defense, which is not a thing, people. It's like a sarcastic thing, but like – Fuck, bro. The teams that the teams that are losing to them, the way that they're shooting is just unbelievable. Alabama, yeah. Alabama shot under 50% from the free throw line and lost in overtime. Wild. We saw Michigan airball the game winning attempt. And oh, so yeah. shout out to their head coach Cronin, man. We, I mean, yeah. his, his, his dad is like the new sister Gene. He's at every game. You know, and he's he's rooting them on. They're making this crazy run. I, I like you. I also like the chalk this weekend. I think that everybody wants to see that Gonzaga and Baylor matchup. I want to um, see that. But minus fourteen in the final four—that's the largest final four spread ever. You got to think UCLA has enough talent to cover the way that they play. They? they got enough guys that can take you off the dribble. I think they they play that. From what it looks like to me, a lot of four out one in. I could be wrong. I, I'm not a, a savant out here that, that draws up X's and O's, but they do play out on the perimeter. They like to get the guys off the dribble. Um, they don't have a true center. Um, so, yeah, I, I like their chance uh, with their versatility to cover. But, man, Gonzaga, they remind me in terms of machine and covering the way that Villanova did. Their that's, one of their runs when they had Jalen Brunson when they were just running through people. That's the only team that has a higher offensive effectiveness than this Gonzaga team. Yeah, that, and that's the team that came to mind in terms of their offensive ability, offensive ability, like Ben is talking about. Um, that's teetering on all time status. And yeah. if Gonzaga can complete this, you got to think about this run and this team not necessarily being the most talented of all time or whatever, but you got to give them credit for having one of the greatest seasons of all time, going undefeated, covering at the rate that they're covering the spreads, double digits and whatnot, and running through competition, COVID season and all. This has to be remembered as one of the best. They're, they're an automatic 40 points in the first half. If you, if you want something for this coming week and you think 14 points is too much, first half Gonzaga team total, it'll probably be like a 38-39. They've hit 40 every game first half of the tournament, and they're going to hit 40. They're gonna hit, they just play too fast, too fast. Every position, everybody can shoot. You know, Timmy's a guy who's been there forever. He's one of those college all-star guys. That's a guy who's going to go straight to Europe. But, I mean, he was showing up. 
he was showing up uh fucking the Mobley twins. Mobley twins, bro. I mean, he had like 13 points in like the first five minutes. He and we're talking about a do a handlebar with a handlebar mustache. Like this Gonzaga team is is primed. They're ready for this run. Um, and it's about time that they get it. They came up short to UNC a couple years ago, but I think this is a year Mark Few gets it. Finally, with his first five-star recruit in 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 Suggs, mm-hmm. you know, one and done and Let's get it. Yeah, I got I got Gonzaga winning it, uh, cutting down the nets. Um, so, do you have Baylor coming out of Houston? Uh, coming out of that matchup, you said you got chalk, right? Yeah, I do. I have Baylor. I think that I, Houston's tough, man. Houston's really tough. Um, and Samson, their coach, out. like they have a coach who's been there, done that. They have they have a, a good guy leading them, but Baylor seems to have hit their stride in this tournament. They seem to be the pre-COVID Baylor again. And it's gonna be the the best perimeter matchup that we've seen all tournament with the guys that Baylor has out on the backcourt with Davion Mitchell, you got Teague out there, you got Butler who they won last week and covered in spite of Butler going like one for 12 or something like that. He had an off game. They still found a way to cover. That's what great teams do. Uh, Good teams win, great teams cover. They found a way to do it. And then you got Houston on the other side who they have a guy who's transferred from a couple of schools and Daniel Giroux, who is, Leading the, the charge. Who is the – yeah, he's leading the charge, and he's the definition of a, of a general out there. He's like a, almost like a triple-double guy. Like last uh, box score I looked at against Syracuse, and I even said it. I was like, if Daniel Giroux is healthy, Houston's probably going to win, and that's exactly what happened. I took Syracuse because I thought he'd be a little hampered, but he almost put up a triple-double. And Houston, he's the reason why they Houston plays defense too, man. Like yeah. they, they, they get into it, and, and they knew that if they would shut down Buddy Bayheim, then you know that was going to be the, 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 their biggest worry. If you shut down Buddy Bayheim, you're good, and they made sure that Buddy Bayheim didn't have a clean look the whole night and you know dismantled. Syracuse uh, pretty easily. So, Roland, let me ask you. Gonzaga and Baylor advance national title Monday night. Gonzaga minus what? Gonzaga is going to be at least a two-bucket favorite. They're going to be like – I was going to say five. Yeah, it's going to be like minus five, minus six range. Uh, No more than minus six. Can it be lower than five? If it is, I'm taking them all day. Gonzaga's gonna win, man. I, I'm I'm not doubting them anymore. I I, can't, I don't I don't think I've doubted them. It's just that we can't deny it anymore. Gonzaga's here. This is their time, and I don't think anything's gonna stop them. I, I think they're on that scorched earth tour. They're gonna go out and they're gonna win, and they're gonna win convincingly. This is the year that it has to. Yeah. Be here, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so. so just closing this out, uh, another thing that got announced today, uh, along with the player of the year, the coach of the year. You know, shout out Jawan Howard, his second year. Oh, there you go. His second year coaching, and he's already the you know NCAA coach of the year. We saw them lose Isaiah Livers, you know, in the big in the Big yeah. Ten tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, they still made their run. They got past Florida State, dominated Florida State, dominated them, dominated. And that was a game that everybody had, you know, as a toss up. You know, will Florida State finally get over the hump? Uh, Michigan dominates from whistle whistle to whistle, and then they come out and a dud against UCLA, man. So shout out to Jawan Howard. You know, you have the number one recruiting class coming back. I, you got to think Isaiah Livers is going to come back next year. So yeah. Michigan Michigan seems to be, you know, a team that's that's going to be there to stay as yeah, long as Jawan Howard's there. 
And I don't think Jawan Howard's going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, and shout out Jawan Howard because he's a guy that people just started talking shit about. Like, oh, he doesn't have enough experience to be a coach. Since when has experience – obviously experience is not a requirement for coaching. But if you play the game your whole life, you have experience. Exactly. If you play the game the whole life, you know the game. And shout out Jawan Howard, Michigan man. He's right where he wants to be. A Fab Five player is coaching Michigan now, bro. That's and fucking um, awesome, bro. That's, that's as awesome. good as it gets. Exactly. And I hope to see all of those Fab Five guys uh, show up at the games. I know Jalen Rose was there at this last one. But, yeah, yeah the Fab Five needs to be embraced. I don't they know if Chris Weber will ever get over it. Rolling. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know. But they changed basketball or college basketball for what it's worth. So uh, before we move on from the uh, basketball, Marsh Madness, I do want to say we have had the – uh, the little bracket pool. We got about like uh, sixteen Ooh. of y'all in here because Fonz created two matchups or two I brackets. Fonz would cheat. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how that got accepted. Fonz wanted to lose twice. Uh, Fonz is though with one of his brackets. He is in first place, but it looks like the winner is going to be Frost. If everything Frost, uh, yeah, it's Frost because he has. He, I think he's the only guy in the top five that has the uh, Gonzaga and Baylor matchup in okay. his uh, final four and yeah gonzaga and baylor is his championship matchup and he has gonzaga winning so he has the most potential points that's why i'm saying it looks like he's gonna win this one so what was your final four Roland? my final four i had illinois cutting down the nets but my final four was gonzaga baylor uh texas and illinois so i had texas making a run in this bracket I, dude three of my final four teams got fucking bounced quick boy i had gonzaga texas uh purdue and who was the last team that got bounced that i'm fucking forgetting but gonzaga texas purdue you probably had illinois yeah illinois illinois yep so three of my final four teams before the Sweet 16, fam, out of here. Not that just goes to show you. You can watch all the games all year. You can watch all the games. This shit is madness for a reason. Mm-hmm. And we're here to talk about it. Uh, I mean, I'm glad we did the little uh, bracket challenge this year. Uh, we'll try and maybe get a little prize for whoever the winner ends up being, like something small. But uh, thanks for participating, and we're going to do more stuff like this. So yeah. uh, we're going to be talking about it next week because I think the everything's going to be settled by – Every the Yeah, Monday night's the championship on. game, so we'll know who the champ is by Thursday when we come back on. Yeah, so we, we're both here choosing uh, Gonzaga. So for hopefully sure. we're right. Don't have to face the music by, by being wrong and hey, ended it, up being UCLA and Houston in the finals. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, On to more madness, Roland. On to more madness. There's a new baddest man on the planet. There is a new baddest man on the planet. And the true baddest man. I think we for sure have the baddest man on the planet. Straight out of a fucking movie. I mean, the jokes were there with Dana White wants Nagano to win so bad. But, I mean, this is a promoter's dream. This is Tyson 2.0. This is a spectacle. People will show up. We've already we're seeing it already be an issue with you know the next fight, the next fight coming up. You know, who who's next? But Francis Naganu finally, you know, reclaims the UFC gold that everybody saw in his future. Um I saw a complete different Francis Naganu this past Saturday. Prior, we would always see a killer, a guy who would go in mm-hmm. there 
We knew he four fights. He had two minutes and ten seconds in four fights total octagon time. He went, you know, seven minutes with Stipe, calm, poised, picking his shots. I'm not gonna blitz you. I'm not gonna. Leave. We saw him stuff the takedown. Stuff the takedown was huge. That that was huge, and I don't know if it demoralized Stipe so much because it was early in the fight, but huge for Nagano. That was That's a, a, a yeah, big motivation for Nagano. I, yeah, I don't think it demoralized Stipe because, like you said, it's early and Stipe's a champion. Right. Uh, but for Nganu to pull that off and, like, what DC was saying, actually do the right thing while he's in that position. And controlled. Combat. Yeah, like, he he yeah. hit him with some punches while he had him down there, too. Yeah, he slid so, right around. Yeah. Right. right like, and he, he wasn't going to take the back or anything like that, but he got in position to strike and, and you know, to be to to be on the, on the offense. So, fuck, bro. That's I mean, when I thought it was over. I thought he was going to get him out on the ground no, right there. Hey, fucking Stipe, man. Respect to him. I don't know if he's been fucking smacked with some fire hoses uh, upside the head or what, but, dude, he took some punches from Francis. He took some punches, and I think the the talk that all the Pundins have, have been saying is that he thought that he hurt Nganu in that last exchange. because there's He did. There's, he did. There's no other reason why he would shoot the way that he did like that. No, he did hurt he him. He did hurt shot. him because you could see Naganu reposture his feet because he it, he caught him with a clean ass punch, but that was the worst thing that happened to Stipe in that fight was catching Naganu because it gave him the confidence, and that's when Naganu gets to go aggressive as hell and what we saw him do to Rosen strike, you know, forward. I mean, yeah, he's he hit him with a check hook. Hit him with a short left, yeah. I'm saying, though, like, like Stephen was going forward, so he yeah, walked into yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and the plan was never for Stipe to be the guy on the offense. The plan was, yo, weather out the storm. He had already weathered out seven minutes or whatever it may have been, six minutes. But we saw Naganu starting to take deep breaths even though he was still picking his shots, but who knows what would have happened in the championship rounds. You know what I mean? But man, what, what a fight by Naganu. I never thought that we would see him be that precise. He looked like a, like he looked like a mixed martial arts fighter, bro. He didn't look like just this powerful dude. Who's going to chuck punches, hit you with one and drop you. He looked like the complete package. Yeah, he, he looks like a guy who's been putting in work. It's been well documented about you know the different camps that he's been visiting. I think the most recent one he's been there at Extreme Couture mm -hmm. in Las Vegas, putting in work. You know, and that's what champions do. They find different ways to get better. It would be one thing if Naganu, like Ben said, came in with the same old thing. He's gonna go out there like a rock and sock him and knock you out, and he's gonna get you out of there within the first five minutes. Right. But he went in there like he was gonna take his chance, or he's gonna take his shots. He's gonna wait for Stipe to make a mistake, and then he's gonna exert his power. And that's exactly what happened. And shout out to Francis Naganu. He's a he's a good guy too. I mean, he, oh yeah. And the whole the whole time that he was waiting for his shot after the whole, he didn't complain. Call it what you want. He did complain a little bit, but he was a professional about it. And he went out and he took his fights. Um, I don't think he had to take the Rosenstrike fight. He took it. It was a come up for Rosenstrike if he wins that fight. Naganu right. had everything to lose there, and he he took care of business. Where other guys would have stayed on the shelf or or complained or something like that, Naganu went out there and got the the work done. So now, like Ben said, everything's like, what's next? What's next? Uh, we 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 need that John Jones fight. We need that John Jones. Is, that John Jones do fight. you is that your prediction? 
does he fight John Jones next? We've seen John Jones going John. back and forth with with Dana White, you know, on social media. Uh, supposedly, he's been offered eight million dollars to fight Francis Ngannou. I, I don't think that's going to get the job done. I don't think that's what that fight is worth. But I will say there's a guy in Derek Lewis who's already said that he'll go out and take the fight. And I think that's probably where the UFC is going to go. I, I think we're going to see a Ngannou-Derek Lewis matchup. Uh, let John Jones wait on the side. You know, I would think it would be better for the UFC to let John Jones pick up a victory over somebody else. That way we can really get it hyped and be like, look at John Jones and the heavyweight body. Yeah, but do you take do you take the risk of John Jones possibly losing? I mean, if we're I guess at, that yeah, yeah. And and if we're and if we're looking at the at the you know the the options that the heavyweight division has to offer as far as title challengers, it's very slim. It's Francis Nagano, it's John Jones, it's Derek Lewis, and then where do we go? Yep. Blades just got knocked into last year. So do you have John out. Jones fight Curtis Blades? You know, is that the safest nah, fight for John Jones? Blades, Blades doesn't deserve that fight though. Like you don't give Blades to come up on John Jones like but, that. But so if John Jones needs a warm-up fight, Roland, so who deserves that fight in the heavyweight division if not have Blades? Fight, have him fight Gustafson, Gustafson again. Gustafson again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, o Overeem might have been the guy. You know, get him in there yeah. with Overeem just to test out his his power sure. and shit yeah. in there. Get comfortable. Put Overeem out. But they just cut Overeem. Maybe Junior Dos Santos would have been another guy who yeah. he could go in there and get comfortable with. But – you know, it, guys don't have names past, you know, the top three, top four fighters. But, yeah, we, we need to see the fight, though. We need to see John Jones versus Naganu. Um, I want to see that fight. I don't know who I favor. Uh, again, I'm not the MMA savant on the podcast, but, man, that's a that's, – Well, I don't John know. Jones has already come out as the underdog. Like, there's books that have okay. given, you know, forecasted lines if it were to happen. We've seen that done, you know, with – fights that just have been talked about randomly, but it's Naganu is the favorite. I believe he's like minus 145. Okay, that's fair. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm going to say, because we had this chat on the side that John Jones, he's not afraid of anybody. That's a fact. Um, he's not afraid of anybody. He's the baddest man on the planet other than Naganu. He he has been the, the, the greatest MMA fighter of all time. Anyways, mm -hmm. what I'm trying to say is though, do you think that he – potentially miscalculated his jump up to heavyweight do you think that he expected Ninganu to be that guy or do you think that that didn't even factor into his decision to go to heavyweight he was going to heavyweight no matter what yeah i don't or, think he had a i don't think that he had an, an opponent in mind i think he was going to heavyweight no matter what and i think that he's fine with fighting Ninganu, but now he sees the opportunity like yo there's a a lot of people want to see this fight when you hear the GOAT fighting this specimen, this person who we've only seen people like him in movies and Game of Thrones and shit like that, and when he gets in there, he's just knocking heads, yeah, we want to see if he can catch the GOAT. Everybody wants to see that. But the problem is Dana White has always – it's always been a system in the UFC. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And they're not – if they give in to John Jones, then they're going to have to give in to the next guy. Even though it's John Jones and we're talking about the GOAT here. You know what I mean? Like, and then John Jones saying, Well, if McGregor wants it, you would have done it. You know what I mean? But we've I seen know. him even pass up some McGregor fights. 
We've That's seen, true. He has passed up some McGregor fights, we, but I do think John Jones has a point there. Well, he he slight. might have a point, yeah. But we've seen McGregor saying, "I want to fight this month," and he doesn't fight in January. He ends up fighting in yeah. the summer because they just couldn't come to terms. So it does happen, but this needs to happen. This fight needs to happen. It needs to happen. And so, I know you're going to lead us through this, but we we just entered in a new era. Right, and I think we might have also seen the end of one. Yeah, the Reebok era is over, and the Venom era is back. Venom, a brand who was big in like the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world and mixed martial arts world. You know, they made a lot of shorts back yeah. before there was sponsors. They had the Venom eyes. They were they were on the back of the shorts, but or the snake. I'm sorry, not the eyes. That was bad boy. But um, Venom is now sponsoring the UFC. You know. A little bit of a pay raise in, in some of these fighters' pays. I believe champions now get forty five thousand. You know, comp. Okay. You get a forty five thousand dollar compensation. The, the fight week. I don't know if compensation is the right word, but a check, whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? So champs get forty five grand from Venom for fight week. Any champ defending a belt. If you're a first time champ, I believe it's like in the it's like forty or a little bit under. I don't have the exact numbers here, but. It's like 42, 45. Something yeah, something like that. like that. But, you know, it, it ranges from fighters all the way from one to five UFC fights, six to 10, 10 to 14, 14 to 20. And then, you know, it goes to champ, to champ and then to defending. So it's, you know, a bump if you're defending than if you're just fighting, you know, a regular championship fight. So... I guess a good thing, right? Not the biggest yeah. pay raise, but a pay raise nonetheless for the fighters. And, you know, that's actually uh, not the era I was talking about, uh, oh, sure. starting and ending. I was talking about Mr. Mr. Tyron Woodley. Oh, there's a lot of eras, though, Roland. I mean, yeah. it's the end yeah, of the no, Reebok era was big yeah. news. It, it became yeah, official today. News. It became official and, and today. So, and supposedly they only paid out $40 million of the $70 million that they promised. Reebok. Uh, Reebok. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, crazy. That is crazy. I, I had to I had to mention Woodley. I'm a big Woodley guy. Justin's a big that. Woodley guy. Man, I, I picked sad. Woodley to win, bro, and I'm not even a Woodley guy. I had Woodley winning. Listen, you you might be sad, Roland, but you should at least take some pride in the fact that oh, Woodley yeah. Woodley took pride and went yeah, out on his did. fucking shield and not one of these snooze fest fights that he's he given us swinging. the past he four went fights. Swinging. Yeah. And he thought that he hurt him. He did hurt Luke. Luke was a little stumbled. Woodley went in for the kill and got caught. And man, the way that he was running around the ring after that was Jeez. a little scary. It was yeah. bad, fam. It was like a whole he was making up a whole new dance, is what it looked like in there. It, it was bad. Like it, he was gassing too. Like I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't I, I mean there had to have been a lot of pressure on Woodley. Last week, me and the other Roland briefly talked about how this could be his last fight. We know that he's had his run-ins with the UFC while being champion. We know that he wasn't the most active champion. He had his demands while he was champion. And he's mm -hmm. not on Dana's best side. So this could have been him fighting, you know, for his UFC career. Not his career, but his career in the UFC. And I'm at least glad that he fucking went out swinging, bro. Because that's yeah. all you can ask of a fighter. Don't go out getting laid on. None of that shit. Hey, go out on your shield. If you get finished, fuck it, you got finished. But people are going to remember you by your last fight. That's all they remember you by is your last mm -hmm. fight. 
And there was a lot of people out there giving Tyron Woodley props that weren't the biggest Tyron Woodley fans this past week because of the way that he went out. Yeah, I'm glad he went out on his shield. Uh, you can tell he went in there. Actually, I mean, he's been saying it for the ever since he lost the belt that he was going to go in there with bad intentions, and it never really materialized. But you could tell that he actually went in there this week or this past weekend and was like, "I'm going to go all in. Whatever happens, happens." And that's exactly you know what he did. So, uh, shout out Tyron Woodley. If this is the end, it's the end. Bro. It was a good run. You you had your time. Um, you were the chosen one. That was his nickname, right? I'm I'm gonna butcher that, but yep. still one of the most he ain't no LeBron though. Um, explosive knockouts that I've seen uh, when he took out Robbie Lawler yep. uh, for the championship. Uh, definitely a memory that I'll always have. But yeah, shout out Tyron Woodley, uh, great underrated champ. Not a lot of people like to give him love. As Ben said, he wasn't the most active, but he did have some defenses and a tough welterweight division. Um, so yeah, shout out Tyron Woodley. Yeah. And Roland, just to get, um, you know, O'Malley, just to touch base on oh, yeah, the other yeah. fight, O'Malley had, you know, he he did me a little favor having that fight last a little longer in the first round. He thought he had a walk-off KO in the first round. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. He legit um, walked away. Yeah, he ended up getting the walk-off KO in the third round. But, I mean, the UFC served him up an opponent who hadn't won a fight since 2016. They, they served it up for him. They served him up a get-right fight. And now they're talking about possibly a Chito Vera rematch, or maybe you know if Garbrandt doesn't win the belt, you know when he he Garbrandt's supposed to be challenging Figueroa here coming up, he had to pull out his last fight. But that's another name. Dominic Cruz has thrown his name in the hat for yep. possibly getting a Sean O'Malley fight. What do you think, Roland? Step up in competition. What do you think about O'Malley? Is his uh, are his performances? Um, you know, a recipe of the fighters that he's been fighting? Or do you see him having some of the same success moving up in competition? I think he can have some of the same success moving up in competition just because of his fight style. I do think the way that he fights, he's rangy. It's yeah. hard for guys to come in and try and get in on him. And I would for the, his next fight, I do like the Dominic Cruz thing. I do think him and Cody Garbrandt as a stylistic dream for a matchmaker the way that they would go at each other he needs time but, for that though but i want to see him run it back with chito vera because to date chito was i guess his best competition or his litmus test for right, competition right. and you really didn't get a good look at him because he got hurt i will give omali that out he got hurt i'm not taking anything away from chito vera because chito went in and did well, his thing. well he got hurt because he got kicked yeah know? exactly yeah so Cheeto went out and did his thing, but he was compromised. That's that my point. thing on O'Malley. Will he hold up, Roland? Will he hold up? Will oh, his man. body hold up in there? Will he will he be able to check the kicks? Will he be – will his – I mean, he, he was wearing the wraps around his ankles this week because they were fighting in yeah. Vegas. But there's certain commissions, certain states that you fight in, you can't wear those ankle wraps. Like, will he hold up? I think that's yet to be seen. If I were to put my money on it and with modern day medicine and training, and I think that he can get better, I will say he'll hold up because he is fighting in the featherweight division or wait, uh, bant weight. Is it featherweight or I'm not sure about the name, but he's fighting in the 135. Oh, he's fighting in the 135. He's not going up against bangers, you know, big men, big guys. He it's not the, the craziest wear and tear I'd imagine out of all the divisions in the, the USC. So I'll say he'll last. I like his style. To Ben's point, he was served up an opponent uh, this past week uh, as a get-right fight. 
yeah. Um, and I, I want to see him run it back with, with Chicho Vera. Yeah. I, I want to see that run back. And, and I wouldn't even mind the Dominic Cruz fight just because I don't think that there's any any fear of getting stopped, getting knocked out by Dominic Cruz. Yeah, you might get taught a lesson in, you know, movement and, and point fighting and shit, yeah. but but he could learn a lot of lessons um, for 15 minutes in the octagon with Dominic Cruz. And if he does touch Cruz, you know, Sehudo put out Cruz. Mm -hmm. So O'Malley might be able to put him out if he's able to find him and he's able to touch him. I really like the Dominic Cruz fight. I think that does the most for O'Malley, and I think it's one of the more winnable fights. I think Garbrandt has way too much power, and he needs to work his way to that. Obviously, Garbrandt's in a different place in his career right now, moving down in divisions, trying to fight for that belt. Um, but O'Malley, I'm not all the way sold yet. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. I do think that he's top 15. I don't know that he's top five. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I can't say that he's a championship fighter yet. You know what I mean? And I think we're going to get to find this out pretty soon because yeah. uh, although he had a three-round fight, um, I, he looked like he kind of got out of there unscathed. So he, sh he should have a fairly quick turnaround. Yep. And so moving on, the Houston card, Houston UFC card coming up in Hell yeah. fans May, allowed. May 10th with fans. And fuck, are they stacking this card, bro? They got Ferguson against Dariush on that card. They got the Joker Hermanson on that card. They got Oliveira against Chandler headlining for the title on that card. Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz against Edwards just got announced on that card. It seems like Dana's coming back with a bang. I mean, in Florida here coming up in a couple of weeks, they got three title fights mm -hmm. on the first card with fans. So what are your thoughts with, you know, all these fights getting booked for the uh, – it, it, it finally like it. seems like we're going to be getting our $70 worth of pay-per-view, man. These, these I, cards are stacked. I like it. These cards are stacked, and more importantly, we're, we're starting to see more movement in these divisions, right? All of these matchups that are coming up in these next two cards are division movers, right? They're right. going to shake up the division. There might be new champions, uh, new contenders coming out, uh, new number one contenders for the, right. for the title. Um, there's a lot of that going on in these next bunch cards. Of title eliminator fights. Bunch exactly. of title eliminator fights. Yeah, so I, I like what's going on. Uh, the most surprising fight to me was actually the Nate Diaz fight. I know uh, Nate Diaz has his uh, hardcore fans, but I I didn't put together Nate Diaz and, and Rocky Edwards. I'm surprised uh, he took that name. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I, I would not have paired those two, but um, Nate Diaz is always talking about how he's a true martial artist. And true martial artists don't care about the other name. And Leon Edwards, for all intents and purposes, is a true martial artist. He has about everything in the game. So I like that matchup. The one, I like it. It's, it's going to be cool. The one reason why it makes sense is because Leon Edwards is one win away from a, a title shot, I would say. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if Nate Diaz beats him, I mean, that puts Nate Diaz right there. And I think that that's the only reason why Leon, the name Leon Edwards makes sense in a Nate Diaz fight. Because sure. of where it puts him in positioning of the division. Leon is on the come up in terms of, hey, he might get some clout or some more people might know his name. And his but ranking. Nate, He's got yeah, a three next to his name. Yeah, and his ranking. And Nate Diaz needs that for, hey, to catapult himself to, to get that title Nate shot. Diaz wins this fight. He can be fighting for the title his next fight. That's all it takes is one you're, win right here. You're, you're a Diaz guy. Uh, we'll get into the championship fight. But in, as far as the co-main, do you like Diaz in the co-main? I like Diaz. And you know what I like? I like that Diaz. You know why I know that Diaz made this fucking fight happen? 
This is the first ever non-title fight co-main event that's going to be five rounds. That's a big time move. Usually, all co-main events, if it's not for a title, three rounds. Three well, that's rounds. why that's why Connor didn't take his co-main the first time around when he was thinking about his comeback because he didn't want to be a co-main three-rounder. Remember, he said that he didn't feel like he could take that. Here you see Nate Diaz co-main eventing the first ever five-round yeah. non-title fight. That's big time. And you, we know Nate Diaz gets better as the fight goes on. So, mm -hmm. I mean, Nate Diaz is going to have to have a lot of pressure. He's going to have to be in Leon's face. He's going to have to punk Leon. He's going to have to overwhelm Leon. Um, We've seen Leon gas in some of his fights, even yeah. in the later rounds. So... It plays into Diaz. I do not see Leon Edwards finishing Nate Diaz. I, I, I can't fucking imagine that in the wildest world. The wildest world that I could think of. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be rooting for, for Nate Diaz here. I think that we're going to get five rounds. We're going to get a fucking badass lead-up fight into that title fight of Chandler against Oliveira. And that's what and, I think that we're going to get. And, you know, that it's it's interesting to me because, uh, I mean, we're going to get into the light uh, light weight championship right now with um you know khabib vacating the title for retirement and I, I really do think that the true champion is justin poirier although chandler is getting his championship fight against uh charles uh Oliveira. this is a little bit of a tournament right just what? because and, and and poirier got offered the fight roland yeah and poirier got offered the fight. yeah exactly he chose a payday but what happens is it sets up a little tournament right it's the winner of this fight, um, Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler, against the winner of McGregor and Poirier. I think that's pretty much set up. But the winner of this Poirier, of Chandler and Oliveira will have the strap. Yeah, they're going to have the strap for sure. But, I mean, if who's to say that if McGregor wins, that McGregor in everybody's eyes is not still going to be viewed as that guy, you know, even though Chandler has uh, the strap. I don't know. I'm just saying from perspective. Um, I, I still think that the two guys with the namesake are Poirier and, and McGregor, even though the strap will probably be on somebody else's uh, waist that night whenever they fight. I, I just like the prospect of a, of a four-man tournament and, and getting this uh, shaken out so we can finally have a lightweight champion um, all the, after Khabib uh, left, of course. But right. as we know, he wasn't super active, yeah. but whatever. And, and it sucks for Gaethje, you know, the last guy to get a title shot, obviously Khabib's last opponent, but – He's the odd man out in this whole equation. You know what I mean? And, and I think part of it has to do with how he looked against Khabib, too. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, they, he, he got full mounted like it was Swiss cheese. I mean, Khabib, exactly. Khabib exactly. got his position. If there was 10 more seconds in the first round, he would have gotten armbar um, yep. and lost in the first round. Or yep. I believe it was an armbar that he had. Yes. Him, so. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not mad that Gaethje got left out. To be honest, he can fight one of the he can yeah. fight the loser of Oliveira and Chandler, and he'll be right back in the picture. Yeah, Nobody's saying he has to go fight, or maybe you know, he goes and fights the uh, Dan Hooker or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, he can uh, fucking knock out Dan Hooker. Yeah. Um, but who do you like in this championship fight? Uh, before we get to the the other one, <sighs> I like Oliveira's all around game. But, man, Chandler fucking lets it go, bro. Yeah, I'm going to go Chandler. Chandler lets it go. So just for the sake of disagreement, I'll go Oliveira because if it gets past the second round, I think Oliveira dominates. I don't like the fact that Oliveira has quit before when it's gotten tough. Yeah. Obviously, he's what... a whole new fighter. He's on a whole new run. 
but that has happened before. And, and Chandler seems to be bringing that up like in almost uh, every change. opportunity that he gets. Yeah, that's true. I, I do think people change, but as far as, you know, shit talking is concerned, I think uh, Michael Chandler has keyed in on that and is uh, also calling, seen, calling him we, a quitter. We've also seen Michael Chandler's body break down on him in the middle of a fight and cost him a title yeah. fight. You yeah. know what I mean? Not, not that it was his choice. He would have kept fighting, but you take enough leg kicks, that leg's just going to stop working. And it's, it's, you're not going to be able to fight. They're going to have to call the fight because you can't stand. So, you know, Michael Chandler has his problems to worry about also. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a it's an awesome title fight. I think that the odds on this fight are going to be pretty close. There's probably odds out already. I just don't have them in front of me. But I expect it to be a pretty competitive fight. And I expect to see people on both sides of this as far as, you know, who they're backing. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I like Chandler. And I honestly, I, I like him to fight. Man, I don't know who he's gonna fight. Honestly, I, I want to say I think Chandler gonna, would. A Chandler against McGregor. I'm Chandler could. Chandler could. I mean, if if McGregor gets on the end of one of those Chandler punches, bro, that that could be one of the worst ending. We've seen McGregor, you know, get stopped due to tapping and shit like that. But if if, if he gets in there with Michael Chandler and they started changing in the pocket, that could be so, scary. Last thing on this topic, this time next year, who's your light uh, lightweight champion? This time next year, Dustin Poirier is the lightweight champion. Okay. Okay. You're sticking with Dustin Poirier. I like Poirier. that. I think I like that Poirier that. is going to get it done against McGregor. I think that he already saw he could take that left. I think there's no greater weapon than McGregor's left. And I think that Dustin Poirier is going to get it done. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and agree with you just for the whole thing. I think it's his destiny right now. I think he's on that trajectory. I think he believes he's going to be – I think he already believes he's the champion. He's just, like you said, going out and getting that money fight. Yeah. And I think he's better than the two other guys that are fighting right now. And he's uh, earned that fight too. Yeah, and he's earned it. For, exactly. He's a he's a company man, been in there forever. So, yeah, Dustin Poirier, this go is, out and get yours. This is Poirier calling his shots and saying, yeah. you know, I'm going to wait on the belt. What do titles even mean anymore? Exactly. Let's Let me go and get this payday that's going to set up the, you know, the lineage of my family. Yeah. It's going to set them up. Send out some more hot sauce, baby. I, I still need to get some hot sauce. I know yeah. Roland, is, Roland, Roland is already on that train, but I need to get on that Roland hot sauce. Roland has today. the hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. Let's close this out just real quick with some matchups that have been booked. Um, fuck, man. I was pumped about this Victoria against Till fight, bro. Yeah, that would have been nice. This weekend. Darren Till breaks his collarbone. He's out. Gutted for the lad. I believe that Holland is in. I believe it's official. Yeah. Holland said that he's in. Holland said that he's in. I guess Dana White's like, fuck it, kid. Go get your ass whooped because you definitely let me down the last time I had you headlining a card. Listen, Holland's in. This is a fight that it's going to go the way that he wants to go. I think that they're going to stand, but Vittori's relentless. Vittori has a brick fucking head. He's got a motor. Vittori wants to get back at Arasanya. If Vittori – there's another fight that we're going to talk about, but if Vittori wins this fight impressively, if he gets Holland the fuck out of there and, and makes Dana White happy, I think Vittori could get Arasanya next if he just yeah, wins this fight impressively. That would be a good buildup too because of the whole animosity that's there, or at least for, on Vittori's side. I don't know that Adesanya cares too well, it'd be, much. Yeah, it would be a rematch, and it was a split yeah. decision. So Vittori definitely thinks that he can hang, but yeah. he needs to get rid of Holland. He needs to get rid of Holland. Do you yeah, give Holland much of a fighting chance in this one? 
not in this one just because of the motivation factor for uh, Vittori. And I do think it's a bad matchup. Do for you Holland. think? Do you think that Holland isn't motivated though after the dud that he laid? Uh, I do think. Ago? I do think he's motivated after the dud, but I just think that Vittori. I know they're the same weight class, but Vittori's a, a monster compared to to Holland. He's definitely in, in the mass. So uh, that's where I'm going on this one. Yeah, I like Vittori. I think he's a fucking madman. I don't think that you yeah. want to be in front of him. He's been pissed at how people have been pulling out of fights for him. Holland, I, I don't think it's going to go very well for Holland, but I do expect him to hang around Vittori decision. The other fight in that same weight class, uh, another guy we had to pull out, Whitaker was supposed to be fighting Paulo Costa. Paulo, Paulo Costa, Costa pulls yeah. out. Kevin Gaslam steps in. I'm going to be in Vegas this Saturday night when this one goes down in two weeks, baby. So Whitaker versus Gaslam, now the main event for that UFC fight night. And just the Vittorian Holland will be the first one on ABC. They just got a new deal with ABC, so that'll be the first card on ABC. And then the following week, Whitaker against Gaslam. I think that this in itself is a little tournament to see who gets the next title shot. Roller. Yeah, I think it's a tournament also, and I'm going with um, Whitaker to come out as the, the, the next title contender. You know, I think he's done what he's needed to do after he got knocked out by Israel. And, you know, that's the thing. If he doesn't get knocked out by Israel, say it's a closer fight, I think he would already be fighting him for the championship. But yeah. Israel Adesanya can always say that he washed him, and he did. He washed him pretty easily. He got saved by the bell, and then he went out and got knocked out in the very next round. So uh, Adesanya can talk all the crap that he wants about Whitaker, but – fact of the matter is if Whitaker gets his dub and he gets it convincingly, I don't think there's anything that you can say to take the, the, the title shot away from him. Yeah, I like the fact that he's taking a fight. I like the fact that he didn't just go yeah. straight to that. So if he wins and, this, I do think that he's deserving. And he impressed me against Cannoneer, man. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but I walked away very impressed uh, with Robert Whitaker after that fight against yeah. uh, Jared Cannoneer um, out in Fight Island. For sure. So, yeah. A lot of stuff happened in the USC. A, a lot of shaking, a lot of movement. It's yeah, good. Roland, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick, but close this out, bro. That's all I have yeah. for the USC. All right, Ben. Well, that's it, man. Uh, honestly, that's the, the We Talking About podcast or the We Talking About Sports podcast for this week. Uh, ben just had to run, uh, take care of some things, um, personal things. I'm not going to get into the details of that, but um, yeah, man. Um, this is Roland Zamora just signing off. Uh, we'll be back next week. Hopefully, Justin will be with us next week. He's had some uh, medical stuff he's been going through, but he's been on the mend. Uh, he would have, if needed, this is a little term, if this were the playoffs, Justin would have been ready to play today. But it's not it's just a regular season game. He took his extra day of rest, and, and he's going to be back. So uh, we'll be back with episode 39 next week. We're going to be talking about the national championship and hopefully some more, um, some more NFL draft and some more NBA stuff. So take it easy. And uh, go Astros tonight. Talk to you guys later. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Yes. Not a game, not a game. Me. Bam, bam. Me, man. Not a game. Slap that place, you scored 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here.